This following episode contains spoilers for the film or films being discussed. You have been warned. in the movies we see, the big set pieces, the famous dialogue, the twists, the naked times. But film is an entity made up of hundreds of little moments that either make them special or relegate them to obscurity. We are here to talk about those moments. Welcome to Movie Microscope. Kick it, Movie Microscope. Today's episode is Cape Fear. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest movie, Microscope. My name is Nick Nunziata. I'm your gracious host alongside me, Justin Weatherly. Justin, how are you doing? Hey, good. We have a special guest today, Mr. John McCarowitz. Welcome back, sir. Hello. All right. We're going to be doing a big one today. One of the biggest. Do you agree? One of the biggest movies we've done? I think it's the best director we've ever done a podcast about. That's true. That's probably right. There's only no, well, there's no one better. So. We did do Salvo. And we did uh, Ridley Scott, who's great. Ridley Scott is good. And John Landis. I was actually shocked to see how big this movie actually was. I, I felt like maybe it wasn't a box office hit, but... What movie was, would you be talking about? Talking about Cape Fear. That's right, dogs. It was a box office smash. It was. Smashed up and down. Mm-hmm. 1991. Yep. <laughs> Always on the run. Little public enemy. Um, so, uh, if you guys aren't aware, the movie Microscope is a show in which we zoom in. We take uh, we take a feature film, we obsess over it, we we, 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 we we have night sweats and we drain those sweats into little pieces, and we and we look at them to figure out those moments that make or break in a film. You, do you agree? Mm. Okay. So, uh, for example, if we were talking about if we we're talking about Cat Chaser, we would talk we would not talk about the scene in which Peter Weller uh, finds himself in the midst of a swarm of butterflies. We would talk about the bigger moments. <laughs> I've never seen that. You haven't? No, Cat think, Chaser. it's an Elmore Leonard, isn't it not? I think it's what, an Elmore Leonard. What what movie? Cat Chaser. Yeah, it is Elmore Leonard. Yeah. Starring Peter Weller. Classic. Uh unlike Cape Fear, which is a fucking awful film. Uh it's a remake. You guys know about that? I did know about it. I have not seen the original though. It's dreadfully boring. What Cape Fear? Yeah. It's not. Um, considered a classic? Both are considered classics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Justin, if you could run down some of the participants of the film, in case the audience hasn't heard of them. Well, you got one, Robert De Niro. Uh, yeah. You got... Elena Douglas. Nick Nolte. Yeah. Joe Don Baker. Jessica Lange. Ileana, Fred Dalton Thompson. Ileana Douglas. Oh, so, Joe Don so good we said her twice. Oh, you said... Wait, what, oh, did I say, did I, what was that, Juliet Lewis or Ileana? You didn't say Juliet. Juliet Lewis is who I meant. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I messed that up. But that's Robert Mitchum. Mitchum's in there and Gregory Peck. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Shows up for a minute. Right, and then this film features a lot of deads, a lot of super dead people in this film. Well, not a lot. Uh, uh, more than you care to admit. Okay, so run that down. Robert Mitchum is no longer of on course. the coil. Yeah. 
Gregory Peck has shuffled off into the outer he space. Has, yeah. Fred Dalton Thompson Thompson has left this universe. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Don Baker. He lives. With us? He lives. He's in his seventies, uh, hmm. enjoying a, a frisky retirement. He is not. He's got to be in his eighties. You know, but there's one more R.I.P. In, intelligible Nick Nolte. <laughs> he's, he's back out there. He's he's oh, he's still acting his tits off, but he can't tell what that man's saying. He's a grumbly grumble. He isn't grumbling that much in this. Still, still gets a gets a little. He lapses a little bit into he does. into modern Nolte yeah. from time to time. This movie shares some. Uh, it shares some things with other movies we've done so far. It shares some things. I don't want to give it away, but it shares some notes. Okay. With other films, and I guess we'll get to them. I just want to give you a little preview. I noticed. Uh, uh, like a little St- a Stallone connection, for example, towards the end. Really? Mm-hmm. Let's hmm. see if you can get it. No, right now? Just think Night- Nighthawks. You can you can think on it. You know oh, a little cross-dressing. Mm-hmm. Okay. He does actually looks like Stallone's outfit at the beginning of Nighthawks. Did you notice? Did you, yeah. Did you also note that? Yep. All right. All right. So uh, first, what's your personal relationship with Cape Fear, John? See it when it first came out? I didn't see it when it first came out. I was uh, ten, oh. um, so <laughs> no. I mean, just catching Shame up with Spiel, I mean, catching up with Scorsese movies probably in high school. Um, you know, watched it and probably didn't appreciate it as much at the time. But I probably watched it about once a year. It's always seems to be on Stars or you know Amazon Prime or somewhere available for streaming, and uh, I love it. I think it's fantastic and. You know, I know, obviously, Shutter Island, you know, sort of was another Scorsese kind of thriller mainstream, but uh, I almost wish you would do a little more of it. Obviously, his days are numbered, but... Yeah. Damn. Well, I mean, what is he in his late 70s at Zoom this in. point, right? He's on his way out. I mean, he still seems spry, and he's, you know, obviously got the Irishman coming out, but hopefully... Mm-hmm. Uh, That's hopefully it. He got... said after this, I'm done. He said uh, he said he was uh, going to direct the Ir- Irishman and die. <laughs> <laughs> is that what he said? No. No. Um, Justin, what's your relationship with Mr. Fear? I actually saw it. That's in the his theater. name in the film, right? <laughs> I saw it in the theater. Yep. Uh, I was in college when it came out, and I actually saw it in the theater. I maybe by myself. Did you laugh at the screen and smoke a cigar? I did. I did <laughs> not. But uh, I remember thinking that one thing I I remember are the, sh- and you know, was how it was filmed. I thought it was, it, you know, I'm not like a huge. Like I mean, I love movies. You're, you're, you're illustrating I that. I don't study. I don't study film. Does it? But I always I remember that really stuck out to me how you, how the camera really like moves around in that film. Sure. And then and then I noticed that. And then in uh, in bringing out the dead, I think a movie that came out after this was Scorsese and Nick Cage. Yep. Yeah, that was like ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah. Think, right? Another movie Maybe that 2000. he the camera feels very present. Like it feels like a almost like a character in the film. And so. Um, yeah, that's my memory is, is obviously De Niro being great and then kind of how um, the, the camera is very like One Star thing that Trek-y this has that uh, Bringing Out the Dead doesn't have is good. I like Bringing Out the Dead, actually. This is good. Yeah, I haven't seen it since the theater. I saw Bringing Out the Dead in the yeah. theater and I need to revisit I it. I think it has aged really well. Who's the second lead in that film? Bringing Out the Dead? Yeah. Cliff Curtis is in it, right? He's a, Patricia Arquette is probably the... Yeah. Is it uh, Ving Rhames? Is that that's name? the guy? Yeah, he's got a bunch of uh, partners in it: John Goodman, and Ving Rhames, and um, Tom Sizemore. I oh, think. that's right. Yeah, but uh, 
Yeah, there's a bunch of people in it. Mark Anthony shows up in it. Hmm. But Cleopatra's? Hmm? Cleopatra's? No. No, different. I mean, to your point, Justin, I would say that this is probably one of the more exciting Scorsese films in terms of its editing and camera work. I mean, he it's almost un, un, unsung in that regard because everybody thinks of Wolf of Wall Street. And, mm. you know, obviously, if you look, I mean, for me, at least, Scorsese's like pure filmmaker. I mean, he just loves the craft. He embraces every element of the craft, music and, right. you know, title sequences, bringing Sal Bass in to really kind of capture that, that Scorsese, I mean, that uh, Hitchcock kind of vibe so oh, with, I, I with love his it. opening credits yeah, yeah i mean i'm just saying like he is a true film i mean he just well, from top to bottom he loves the craft of filmmaking yeah he does and he's he's playful like it, it's it's funny because you don't think of him like that a lot of times but then you think about his career and you're like oh we did that for a hours. lot of that he is did. a lot of that is cape fear well a lot of the playfulness in this movie is shoemaker though like the editing of this film, she does. They, they are equal partners in these sure. things. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's um, a huge part. Of I think one of the reasons this film is so different is that it was obviously zoom in, super obvious zoom, is that it was going to be a Spielberg film for the longest mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I'd forgotten that. And the lineage of that's still in, in place a little bit. So you get to see Scorsese doing a film that normally would be sort of beneath his pay grade as far as concept goes. It's mm-hmm. just a, it's yeah, a nice did, by the numbers thriller that is. He didn't want to do it right. Like he kept not wanting to do yeah. it, and they he like they say he hated. He still this. doesn't want to do it. Yeah, he's, but I wonder what. It must have been the the, ca- the cash that. No, I think I think honestly, and I think I think the way that I think I read that that they said if you made this, you'll be able to make Last Temptation of Christ. Did that come after this? No, no it came Last after. Temptation was before. It was sort of like a, maybe a, maybe a, something else like that he wanted. Well, no, it was Undoing or something. It's because he had done a few personal projects and he needed something. That's gonna uh, no, I mean if you more well, I mean at hit. least if you look, it's Last Temptation, Goodfellas, then this. And so I actually found an old New York Times article that came out before the movie came out. So it was pretty interesting interviewing Scorsese and the screenwriter. Um, and he just talked about being really kind of pissed off that he did not win the Academy Award for Goodfellas and Kevin Costner won. And I think the same thing happened Fair with enough. like Raging Bull where he lost to like, you know, Robert Redford directing a movie. And so he was sort of like, I say pissed off. He didn't use those words, but he was obviously sort of this idea of like, I got to make something a little more mainstream. Mm-hmm. And of course, actors got nominated, but uh, he did not for Cape he, Fear. And I think Spielberg said, you know, he's like, you got to brush off Goodfellas. You got to just get past it and do something that yeah. people like. You Finally. Know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, the the interesting part of this article too was that, that, won, the screen- that Costner had won it for uh, for Criminal, <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the screenwriter didn't even want to write it. Spielberg twisted his arm into yeah. it and basically just Spielberg. That's him not into the guy that did Batman, is it? No, he. Um, I actually wrote Wesley it down. Strick. Uh, the name's He's got familiar. a great name. Uh, he did. Uh, you might remember him. He he did um, a couple. I think I, just he, I think he's dead. Forgot. No, he's still. No, he still, did Arachnophobia. Was his first. He's still crushing Wolf. it. Wolf. Uh, he's actually a writer on uh, Man on High Castle. Um, he I don't is, know. And, and John said his most important film, uh, the Jack Nicholson Wolf. werewolf movie, Wolf. Well, that was not a, an awful movie. Um, it's a forgotten movie, but a good movie. Uh, Mike Nichols directed that, right? Did he? He couldn't have. Did he? Wolf. Yeah, yeah for sure. Did. Look it up. He's he's oh, he's no, no more. Michael. Mike yeah, Nichols he, is always he, good. he wrote he wrote on Batman Returns. That's how I know his name. Um, and he a also, good name. What but he did a great trick? movie, The Loft. So. But what was interesting, too, is the idea that basically Scorsese was going to do Schindler's List, but after Last Temptation of Christ got banned all over, that, you know, so it was like almost this trade that occurred. But mm-hmm. Scorsese, to your point, didn't really want to do Cape Fear. Um, and I think at the time, the screenplay was very hacky and sort of just traditional straight thriller. Um, the Bowdens were, you know, a loving couple. 
And so Scorsese, at, you know, and the screenwriter worked together and did tons and tons of drafts, but really just kind of dirtied it up and, you know, created So he was trying to make the plot. definitive Christian movie the, the, or Catholic movie, yeah. the definitive Buddhist movie and yeah. the defi- definitive Jewish movie. Well, and I think obviously you saw that with Silence. I guess he hasn't gotten back to the... Seriously? Yeah, no, that was the yeah probably part of the plan. And, they, and then he almost did Battlefield Earth. So but he, it, had all he the talked about it that covered. the fear of going into Schindler's List post Last Temptation Christ and even Goodfellas, because obviously Goodfellas was derided for being too violent in some circles hmm. or glorifying gangsters. So he had gotten some heat from the critics, hmm. um, some critics, some dumbass critics. But, you know, yeah. the same people who thought Wolf of Wall Street glorified Jordan Belfort or whatever. Yeah, the more f- like great fellas. <laughs> killed you it. know, you killed it. You nailed it. Can I zoom in real quick? Yeah, please. Aquaman. Okay. He also has Cape Fear. <laughs> Good one. I thought you were going to say that when Robert De Niro's face got scorched with that lighter fluid, he looked kind of like Aquaman. Yeah, it, it, he looks like it was like like a like a dry run for his uh, Frankenstein uh, monster's makeup. That's a good point. Yeah, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Or, Can or I zoom Rick in? Sh- or what? No, yeah. you can't. I can't. Yeah, well, you haven't zoomed back out yet, I guess. No, do we have to do that now? <laughs> you don't have to. I'm gonna tag. I'm gonna tag out. I'm zoom out. Sorry. So they said De Niro actually had his teeth ground down by a dentist to look more intimidating, and then had to have them repaired afterwards. Yep. You yep. feel like that was necessary? Always got to do something. Yeah. And Julia Lewis had talent added just for this film. She really does come off kind of like, I mean, in a good way, like unsettling kind of, you know, the way they kind of play her getting older, becoming an adult and the sexuality yeah. well, as that, he's trying to manipulate her. You know, her. it's funny. I I always was annoyed by her work in this film. I always thought she was a bit of a, like a dry puzzle or something. But <laughs> a dry puzzle. <laughs> but now, I'm, like watching it this time, um, she's really sharp. She's got some really, the scene in where her and he are in the, yeah. In the school uh, gym or whatever, the drama teacher scene—that is, well, they are mostly, equal partners. In mostly that scene. improvised, and that was the first take that they did not rehearse. Yeah, apparently, yeah. as well. Yeah, I, I also read IMDb trivia. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, he said uh, he said uh, Scorsese said that just basically the chemistry was there, but it, like you know, that's kind of upsetting in a weird way, right? Because in real life, yeah. she was what 18, 19? Yeah, and the probably. funny thing is, you watch him kiss her, and you know how young of an actor she is. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of a. That's yeah, unsettling. Well, De Niro's only 21 when he made that. <laughs> Did you know that um, they, not only was the scene improvised, the set also improvised. Uh, De Niro put a curtain up, wouldn't let them come back. And then he was hammering all all night. Yeah. And he made that cute little gingerbread uh, And some more trivia. That was the cabin they used for Evil Dead too. <laughs> Three years before. Um, um, oh. So, okay. So, so the film starts off iconically as shit mm-hmm. great opening credits Saul Bass of course as That's you right. said that music that so good perfect music mm-hmm. way better than the original too from what I remember and um, but get, elements of the original score throughout this movie right they, they yes take yeah, um, it's, it's just it's, this is just more bombast is it Bernard Herman is that his name the, the, did he do it or was it uh, I'm certain I'm almost certain him, he I did I you can call him Bernie Bernie <laughs> Bernie Herman <laughs> um, he, it was apparently part part of an unused um, piece yeah. of music from another movie that was not used, and he got permission from Scorsese yeah. to bring it in. Yeah, Torn curtain or something. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Read that this afternoon, and that's what that. You that's have Wikipedia what, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. That's almost what happened to Juliet Lewis in this film. Torn curtain. Yeah. Oh well. That's a few times. It's a pretty. I mean, I know we're just getting in the, going in the beginning, but that last twenty minutes is is a very dark twenty minutes. Yeah. I, I mean, Scorsese goes all in on that. Set at yeah. night. Is but it, is that Katie's introduction say? is one of the great introductions. It is. When he puts his chin right into the he camera. His, yeah, you remember he busted his chin open on that scene because Scorsese said to walk right into it. Yeah. Blew his chin open. 
But uh, also, you get to you know you get to see his tats. You get to see his. Uh, he gets to a great line of dialogue. Justin, it's one of my favorites. Already read them. <laughs> yeah. What about your books? Now, what I did, what I did forget about that was I always talk, say that Nick and I say that line. Mm-hmm. He's leaving prison. He's getting out, and uh, yeah, you see, yeah, you see his like Nick says, you see his his tats and stuff. Um, and he's leaving prison, and and the guard goes, "What about your books?" He goes, "Already read them." And then the guard, I didn't realize this had taken his books behind him he has like a hundred books yeah and as soon as the near says it he just wheels the cart turns around and goes back to prison <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like prison. is he really going all this way like just following him out hey that guy got an oscar nominee. where's your truck i thought we we're gonna have a book mobile pick you up it's not here <laughs> so did you catch some of the names of the books that they had uh, in his cell that's the that's the premise of our show is to know stuff so I, I think i love I wrote some down i think i might fall asleep during that no, i actually sure. did some research too which is unfortunate um, he had, you know, he had a bunch of legal books. All he had, he had um, "Eat Right and Stay Fit." He mm-hmm. had "The Will to Power." Yes. Um, he had uh, "Trial Handbook." He had the Bible. He had criminal law books. He had "Inferno" by Dante. He had "Hop on Pop" by Dr. Seuss. I might be exaggerating about that one. And he, he has a 50- book called "The Cell Within," <clears throat> which is amazing. Okay. Because according to my zooming in research. Mm-hmm. It was uh, that was a fake book from an episode I think of Miami Vice. I think it was the name of a Miami Vice episode, and it's and based the, on a character. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So wait, did they? Is that on purpose, or is that something that so they just had like they need like? Set I mean, dressing? my thought was just some the set dresser probably mm-hmm. as a joke slid that in there. I don't know that Scorsese. I mean, maybe, but maybe he was just a big Miami Vice fan. Yeah, maybe this film. If you watch after the credits, says this film is dedicated to that episode of Miami Vice. <laughs> did you hear the? The, my if I zoom in that yeah. exact episode so De Niro um, learned to read for this movie really yeah okay he read for the part no he just yeah he read for the part no he do you call it would you call it a chingery when he hits the was it a chingery you know that what's is funny a, is that's I'm, a great that's a it's so funny because it's such a it's something you never see someone walking into the camera and if they fill it up with your you don't see that mm-hmm. it, it seems like a cheap trick almost and yeah. it's, it really this movie has a lot of uncomfortable close-ups in it. Mm-hmm. You know, you I disagree. That? What do you mean? I think they're very comfortable. Yes. Um, okay. I think De Niro is at his most Elias Coteus in this movie. <laughs> that's such a good point. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah. he re- it's amazing. He, his performance is it's like, it's so good in this that it's surprising that everybody else comes off as well as they do because he's so good that he could it, it's almost like he could blow people off the screen i guess that's what scorsese is so good at is it that's how they that's how we got the part but he but he, he doesn't but his character's so larger than life obviously he's so great um he's so fun to watch like every scene is just like iconic almost this mm-hmm. is in. i think this may be my favorite de niro role <sighs> I, I, I mean if you think about it, it may not be his most his best acting or his the I mean, one that really is good. going to go on the in memoriam, but I think this might be. It's the most fun and bombastic. It, you it, know? it balances the both eras of his life really as a, as an actor. You get the goofy shit where he's in on the joke, mm-hmm. and then you get the absolutely uh, just super focused yeah. nightmare. Like he is just so intense well, in this he, film. He was you know considered to be the best actor of his generation right pretty much and of then, all of all generations and uh for a while to be honest and then you watch a movie like this and you're like oh yeah i, I remember he's mm-hmm. fucking great oh my god yeah it's not just meet the fuckers it's also it's not just bad grandpa anymore <laughs> but it's just like it, we righteous t- kill 
we we talk about sometimes like when he he never did this again like there was a point shortly after this where he just stopped caring it seemed as much um i think remember whenever uh what was the movie that came out with bradley cooper and um jennifer so yeah the, uh, limitless silver linings playbook silver silver lines, lines, remember everybody was like daryl's back he actually gives a shit in this movie um, I think his whole role was be a Pittsburgh Steelers yeah, fan. Yeah, and that. he was good in that movie, but it's like that's that's how long it had been where he just wasn't. That's I don't yeah, casino I in '95. I mean, I mean, he was know. great in Copland. Yeah, he great in Copland. Copland. He was, but it was a very small. It, part. He's in more of it than you th- than you remember. I watched the movie actually kind of regularly. It's like one of those movies that's it's always a great on. Movie. That's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. is it Mangold? Yeah. yeah, James Mangold. It's like his first. Uh, no, Mangold's yeah. the one with England in the uh, laundry. Yeah, it's a classic. Anyway, I think I think uh, De Niro is still capable of magic. I have no doubts he'll be great in. in Might have zoom in real quick. Yeah, Flash. Okay. Got Cape Fear. <laughs> I love. Okay, so this movie is shot like a '60s drama. Have you noticed that when you were watching it? It's it. It's so. It's it's uh it's very stylized obviously but it's also very in all of the dialogue scenes it's shot you know in the old school style they take their sweet time with the frame they use the split diopter quite a bit they use soft focus and stuff like that it, and it, it feels like the, it's like it feels like it could be set in the 60s no it, well it feels like not. it could be an artifact from the yeah, 60s yeah. well it's just because it has i guess there was a choice to dip back into the influence of the original right so that brings some of those elements i think that's what the, got, that's got scorsese excited about the film was yeah. i could throw all sorts of tricks into this thing mm-hmm. because obviously the story is pretty one-dimensional it was very hitchcockian and i mean really in my mind he out de palma de palma with this i mean this is sort of what i think brian de palma goes for certainly in like snake eyes and some of these others where he's doing all these camera tricks but i feel like scorsese does a better job earning it, it doesn't feel gimmicky uh feels like in service of the film yeah and i think it, 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 I think it does feel sort of gimmicky, but they all, like you said, I think they all it all works. It's See, like I, I don't works. get it as gimmicky. I I feel I feel like uh, it stands. Out, I feel I, guess, I feel like sure. I'm in a wicked like like it's. I feel it's when you're watching it. I'm kind of giddy with how 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 yeah. fun it is and how mm-hmm. and how it, he's unhinged. In that, it. That's what I they, fuck Hitchcock. Scorsese's better than Hitchcock. I, it feels it feels like he's having it feels like he's having a blast making it. It feels like they're ha- they're taking risks both De Niro and Scorsese um, and, and that to guy a lesser the, extent and that guy Baker but and the guy with the book cart <laughs> but but uh, you know I was, I was going to say something about were you oh, going to say no, here, a superhero that had Cape in. Fear no it was zoom in uh, it, rem- it reminded me a little bit of Car- Carpenter's Village of the Day <laughs> a remake of a film the sound you hear is unsubscribing <laughs> across the apple network right now awful it's aw- an awful film like a terrible film i th- i think but that's what carpenter carpenter was kind of doing that too trying to mix that old version of that movie into his remake and it was getting him that kind of is getting him excited and i feel like him and scorsese kind of were doing the same things it's just that scorsese pulled it off uh, i mean that's that's and then, yeah, and then, uh, you know, basically Carpenter had black and white bad guys. That's actually, I like Village of the Damned, having rewatched it. I kind of like it. I do. But Carpenter's toolbox is microscopic compared to Scorsese's. I, I don't know. No, it's true. I think Carpenter's very talented. And he, I. Not as a musician. You know, one thing that, too, you can differentiate them is that 
Scorsese gets all the budget like he wants. He gets he gets a clear pathway to fil- make his films where Carpenter never. Well, because Scorsese makes well-rounded special movies. But Carpenter made some of the, to, in my opinion, some of the best films. He makes. Ever. I mean, the, that period from Halloween to Big Trouble, maybe, maybe even Prince of Darkness. Yeah, but. Would you trade? I mean, even the thing, which is my favorite, the Goodfellas and the Thing are my two favorite movies of all time. Right. I wouldn't trade. I mean, Carpenter at his best doesn't have the tool sets of Scorsese and his worst does. Uh, even something like Hugo, which I hate, I think is is a is a more accomplished work. I mean, it's a, he's a, maybe a better filmmaker. I don't know. I think Carpenter's a really good storyteller. I don't know. I, I but I. Yeah, Car- you know, obviously, score- you forget how good. A lot of Scorsese people compare is. these two, by the way. I know you forget how, like we were talking about, you forget how good Scorsese is because he's not, he doesn't make movies all the time. Mm-hmm. And so then, Carpenter's got they, better eyebrows, and they, and they, and they, and, they, uh, and he's he's very eclectic. Like he does a lot of different things too. I mean, he he's kind of known for his mob movies. I guess I think but. when I was younger, he forced me to watch movies that I would never watch. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about Kundun and. Age of Innocence and stuff like that. There's no way I would ever want to watch yeah. those films, and it was I was better because of it. Just like Barry Lyndon with Kubrick, it's like the great filmmakers force you to expand your bubble because it's very easy to kind of fall into a rut. Tarantino, like when you were coming up, yeah, Tarantino was kind of your guy, wasn't he? When, like you were at the right age at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Pulp Fiction came out when I was 13. Yeah, so if 14, you think about very influential for sure. It, but I mean, granted, he didn't veer too far off course, but. I mean, it led me straight to Goodfellas, you know, right? And then Raging Bull and all those movies. I mean, very quickly, you know, it was easy to see, at least for me, that Tarantino, you know, while I love him, owes a lot to other filmmakers that have come before him, certainly. Yeah, and, well, and his style is very specific. I mean, for Scorsese sure. can really take on a wide variety of personas. The only thing you could count on with his stuff is that it's going to be just exquisitely made. Right. You know, it's like, if you look at something like uh, Kundun, I mean, that movie is... That's a that's a bear. That's a bear to watch. It's mm-hmm. a slow, deliberately paced movie, but it's immaculate. What do you think of Silence? I, I like it a lot. Uh, it's it. a happy it's story. <laughs> very very heartwarming for sure. Uh, I I think uh, Garfield doesn't have what it takes to lead a film like yeah. that, but yeah. uh, I understand why. The, uh, Adam Driver was great though. You know, I get it though. Is that the one about the can't talk or the creatures kill you? Yeah, that one. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> Can't, don't talk a religion killed you. <laughs> don't go to Japan. I didn't see Silence yet. <laughs> it's good. It's worth checking out. Yeah, it's actually. It's really happy. Good. There's some good, some good happy shit happens. When there. you almost were, everybody gets burned alive. When you were watching this movie, <laughs> were you? One thing I had forgotten about was the movie that 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 they go see. Oh yeah. Were you? Were, did you fucking pre- prom child? Did you? <laughs> I like how he walks in with like 15 minutes in the film yeah. too. <laughs> Speaking of another dead in the film. John what Rodan, do you think yeah. that do you think R. that R. came out of a Scorsese saying to himself, "What movie would these three go see?" Or do you think those is studio it, like saying, "Hey, we need to promote this"? Do we know it's Problem Child? It's for sure Problem Absolutely. Child. Is it yeah. Problem Child two? They made three of them. It's one hundred percent Problem Child because it's the only one I've seen. I never saw it's two the, or three. Okay, so you saw it's the first one. I know the third one. I think added a girl. The fact that he is laughing his ass off so much at Problem Child is the it's incredible i forgot i had forgotten what movie it was i just always remembered it was a movie right i didn't even think they show it let me zoom out let me zoom out a bunch of footage from it i'm gonna zoom out to the cosmos i'm gonna ask you an existential question which is better the usage of problem child in cave fear the use of midnight meat train in out of the furnace (laughs) oh don't make me pick (laughs) 
Sophie's choice here. Please don't make me pick. Do I have to pick? Midnight Meat Train, starring Bradley Cooper, which I rewatched recently and enjoyed immensely. Are we watching that in a few minutes? (laughs) No, no. Uh, don't get me excited um, yeah problem child I mean <coughs> excuse me and then De Niro's just that's such a great that's a scene that it's not is, easy to fake laugh that's oh, he, hard that's hard work he, he his is, laugh is spectacular his outfits too. are incredible in this I mean I wonder if uh, if uh, William Peterson was taking notes during this going nice shirt that shot of De Niro on the uh, fence with the fireworks behind him it's so amazing that could have been the movie poster so amazing <laughs> And just the the, move, the the way the fireworks uh, reflect off the the, uh, the the window of the house, like and the way they go on for eighteen hours, apparently because yeah. they fuck like go to bed. Yeah, Scorsese. It's so funny because either he was bored or he had very specific demons he wanted to e- exercise in this film. Mm-hmm. The sex scene is when he purges all of his chain, you know, fade to red and all the of black his, and white stuff. Yeah, the, the polarized stuff, and, and it's it's so fun because it. First of all, fuck a sex scene. They're so fucking interminable to watch. Mm-hmm. So at least he adds something interesting there. But that the way it's, I think what that is 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 it's preparing you for the rest of the movie. He's basically purging all of the stuff, saying you're not watching a normal movie. This is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And then by the time the real conflict starts, it's off. Yeah. It's off. By the time Ileana Douglas's face gets bit off, you know you're not watching. <laughs> she is very good in this. She's really good. In really it. good. She is really good. Yeah. And and. Uh, not I, good at racquetball in the film. Another another thing that I flagged was the racquetball scene because it's just like we talked about this before, how racquetball scenes don't really exist anymore in movies, and it's not really that popular. We actually popular cut, we cut that part out right, of the podcast. Popular eighties sport, huh? yeah, it's definitely more of an eighties type I cut, sport. Justin, I cut that part oh, okay, out. Okay, well, okay, so uh, it's just a lost bit of great conversation. But uh, <laughs> it's so funny that they're like, "We'll just hey." Two coworkers just after work playing racquetball. That was like it's a big. That's a that's a thing that they used to be able to do. They don't do it now. What do they do? What's the equivalent now? Fuck. No. Uh, <laughs> just get drunk, probably. I don't know. We go to a bar. Yeah. Everybody's well, alcohol. There's got to be a sport. Days. Golf. Yeah, that's Top golf. Consistent. What do you mean? Like what coworkers do in their lunch? Yeah, break? like in, in movies. Like what's a like winding down? What it was? Oh yeah. What's the what's the go to? Could could have been racquetball. They go to one of those art pottery places. That's good. That's, yeah. a, well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Or they go. They watch Manitou. And, th- and I think that's important to note that th- that Nolte and Douglas in this movie and their their coworkers, um, on the verge. He's a he's a, d- a t- attorney, right? And she what is she like? She's a, a clerk. Clerk, at the court, right? Yeah. They're not. They're flirting and they're spending time together, but they're not having sex. Yeah. They seem to talk about not having sex a lot more she, than I do with my coworkers that I'm not having sex to. with. I think. I think they're both. <laughs> and I think Nolte obviously is. A She's DTF he, though, obviously. She, obviously, and he's a clearly Flanderer, and they. Well, they, he's he's had one mistake, and they moved from Atlanta to Savannah or wherever the I guess the movie takes place. Yeah. New Essex, that's right. Just some to get made a fresh up place. start. Yeah. Um, anyway, there's there's a what you're talking about the. The, the, it's kind of the weirder elements of the film it kind of remind me sometimes of David Lynch like they'll the, there's that scene of her Jessica Lange putting on yeah, lipstick, lipstick and very yeah there's a bunch of camera stuff that mm-hmm. just kind of remind me of, of Lynch a little bit but you know Scorsese likes that's one thing about we're talking about Problem Child he might like that film he no. has some strange taste like sure. he, yeah no. I think he just likes movies right I mean he, if it's enjoyable his and lists then. are always really fascinating to read what he likes I think he basically saw a list from the studio of, of films that they had approved footage know. from. Is so this, like this would be outlandish. The Poseidon. Is this like the Poseidon part yeah. two? That's right. Um, you know who else is very good in this film? 
is Jodon Baker. Of course. He is really... I didn't realize how much heavy lifting he has to do in the, in the third, the second to third act of this film. Because Nolte's very passive through a lot of it. Lang has some pretty thankless work from time to time. Nolte's a very unlikable per- person in this movie. And, and, uh, and also a bit of a... Um, an ineffective person when things start to go bad. I mean, yeah. he doesn't. There's not. He's he's kind of helpless. And, All I had to say was he plays a lawyer. And, and Joe Don Baker is is one of those people. He's he's kind of washed up, obviously, but he he kind of knows what to do. It's a little silly. I mean, it. He he's no one smarter than Max Cady in this movie, right? But Joe Don Baker seems a little bit more prepared than Nolte. Um, I kind of I kind of disagree with Nolte. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I think that's part of the thing, though. He's just like a normal guy, just like a suburban dad, you know. And I think if he was like, I actually like the fact that you know it was sort of almost by mistake that he's able to finally take care of Max Cady. I think what you know in this movie, Cady's obviously a violent uh, person. He's a, a awful person, but he's in the right. Nolte isn't. Nolte isn't in the right. Like he did a, do a bad kind of a. So you, Max Cady does everything. No, no, no. I'm just saying that he's got a point. And then Nolte hmm. did do something duplicitous. You know, buried evidence. And it, it, you know, so but but the, there's other things that that crop up in the film that kind of lead you to believe that he he's buried not evidence right. for a good reason, though. That's what he says. Yeah, for a good reason. But everybody around him is like you. Well, Fred, your, Dal- Fred Dalton Thompson's Bury the Reports delivery is amazing. Yeah. You buried the report. <laughs> he keeps saying <laughs> he, <laughs> well, he interrupts him. Yeah, yeah, no, that's one of the great line deliveries in the movie. But I think you also don't, you also, I mean, we're also having Nolte say, I did this for a purpose. I did this, I was the right, mm-hmm. the right to do this. But he's the only person that's saying it. Yeah, so I mean, you don't really know if, if it was the right thing to do. I think that in real the real world, that kind of stuff happens of all course, the time. Yeah, of course, it like yeah. bury evidence, create. I mean, all across the world. Um, but yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. I mean, certainly Nolte, in terms of his you know duty to the bar association, his client did him wrong. So you're right in the sense that Max was done wrong, but. It doesn't seem like the film makes the case that he didn't rape those girls, though. You know what he's I mean? Super, yeah. He's super raped them. Did, yeah. but, but, you know, it's... It, and then another thing is... like Because that know, would have almost been interesting if, like, they, they almost were somehow planting some doubt around that. But, you know, it was very obvious he did. So, for a, me, it's like... This would be know. a much shittier film if he was an innocent man trying to get You're justice. totally right. And, and, you know, Nolte, his wife, alludes to the fact that he has done this before. That he's kind of... It's not the first time that he's kind of worked around the rules um uh he obviously slept around on her he at some at one point he he gets really angry with it's his daughter slippery and he, sam or and something he covers like that. her face up you know it's just like there's he's not and he, he's not a just a he's not a good dude you know hmm. but yeah, although right. all imagine, the more interesting for it yeah well and also you want to talk about this film is obviously not a documentary yeah because he's entertaining elena douglas when he has jessica lang at home I know. <laughs> although elena Douglas. I she, love her. She's she's one of my favorite bird creatures. But to to the point of the complex characters, I mean, her um, Jessica Lange was sort of a pill in this film as well, right? And r- maybe rightfully so. But you can see that it was, you know, there there. I thought the dynamics of the relationships in that family were super interesting. And if you ask, look at that. Go back to that article I mentioned earlier. Scorsese talked a lot about that. That when the film first came to him, it was very straight, just kind of like loving family kind of vibe. Right. 
and even to the point where that scene that we talked about earlier in the school that is so impactful was actually like a chase scene in the original screenplay, yeah. you know? And so, um, no, I mean, I hear what you're saying with Nolte for sure. I feel like it was a, an honest portrayal of, of how most people would react in that situation. That's a lesson. You know what I mean? In the sense that you'd probably yeah. be on edge, not make the right decisions, yeah, do mean, stupid shit. I still think he's, he's great in the terrified. movie. And you, and you like watch his character, but his he is... Yeah, he's he slippery not, Sam. Yeah, he's a he's kind everybody of a has is oily as shit in this movie. Well, I I don't think Lang or I think both of them. I think Lang is just kind of a spurned wife. No, she's kind of smarmy as well. She's, past, she's yeah. kind of past the bullshit of. I mean, of, she she fucking dis- wants to disown her kid because she can't give her advertising. She advice. did uh, like commit like assault on her husband too. So she's not. Yeah, you know, and Julia Lewis. Right so. Julia Lewis is not exactly all there. The uh, the scene in the uh, the drama teacher scene is perfect it's a lesson that i mean that is the centerpiece of the movie mm-hmm. that is the That's biggest like 10 minutes long right? yeah i mean it's a long and sequence way better than any action scene could ever be yeah it is. and you think about that like how 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 often movies forget that you can accomplish so much more with great writing great performances and just really kind of a sharp i mean that 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 changes the tempo of the film and the mm-hmm. whole tone of the film and there's not one bit of I mean, there's a finger stuck in the mouth. There's a little kissing. There's a lot of dialogue, and there's a beautifully constructed Robert De Niro exclusive house. But other than that, it's there's no money spent on that scene. Continuing the three whatever the the three little pigs and the wolf thing, right? Because it yeah. wasn't that like sort of the house from. Oh yeah. At least it seemed that way. Sort of a. I thought fantasy. no, it was a, the high school production of the Three Burials of Mel- Melchiatus Estrada. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that scene is. I remember that scene was. It's it's very. People didn't know what to do with that scene when that movie came out. Remember, because I think it the was thumb so, in the mouth probably was really so what got people going. And people really didn't. I remember after the movie, uh, furiously jacking off. They people loved Lewis, Julia Lewis, mm-hmm. and then people hated her too. It was like a big, like this intense reaction. I think to in what general, though, that's how people react to her, right? Because I don't in that dislike, movie particularly. Like right. she, she, and that, I guess that was kind of her first movie, right? But I the mean, thing is, the, one think, of the reasons one of the that ones, was, yeah. this is my favorite De Niro performance. You watch that scene. I get it with her. The way that he acts that oh, yeah. scene out, he is very convincing as that alluring uh, older guy mm-hmm. with information and knowledge her. and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he completely total predator. Yeah, total total predator. But he fucking kills it as far as no, I know. But you I'm believe saying, that he's yeah. he's he's he, embodying he that role. That, that, that that's and he's so. It, this movie reminded me too, and I'm I guess I'll associate with stuff that doesn't. Yeah, who cares? Like I associate with. Fucking other. Uh, there's a book called "Stars My Destination" with Alfred Bester. You yeah, remember? yeah, you got like me the, to buy it. I love that book. But there, at the beginning of that movie, it's about a. It's about. Have you read it? No, no, no. It's a. It's about a guy. It's like a, he's a janitor in space, right? Mm-hmm. And he something happens to a ship, and he's the only survivor. And mm. he's the ship is. Um, he's like uh, rationing out oxygen. There's no way he's gonna live. Mm-hmm. Like he's just. He'll he'll he goes to get like oxygen canisters to live like another couple hours. He's running them running out. A ship comes mm-hmm. and he sees it, and they flash. They see him. They flash their lights on him, and he waves. He's like, you know, hey, I'm stranded, and they sure. le- they leave. Yeah, and from that moment, he decides he's going to get revenge, mm-hmm. and he gets the ship working somehow. He never would have done it, but he's so angry. He gets mm-hmm. the ship working. He uh, tries to find him with, with the ship that left him, and he becomes smart. Like he's never, he was never smart, but he starts to become intelligent. Like or you know, he's a purpose, mm-hmm. and and the purpose is revenge, obviously. Sure. And so that reminded me of this movie because that's De Niro is like this kind of 
just violent like a hillbilly douche. rapist yeah he's so angry that he becomes and he just unlocks a part of himself that becomes hmm. like a better smarter person than nolte yeah and um we should have read a, that we should have done a book that a boring that john book? can you hold justin still so i could search his pockets for a check written by alfred bester <laughs> with the fucking line item being advertising on the least successful podcast ever uh, fucking chill goalie foil i think was the name of the character but no you know, i hear i hear what you're saying though i mean and you're right it that's kind of the neat part about it and i think uh, there's also like an intelligence drug involved in that so let's not talk about that but oh, it's okay. just it, it is the same idea like it's revenge fuels yeah. him into a different person you know yeah. but and it also leads to her it's really going up against her father yeah that scene where he goes into her bedroom she's actually enjoying pushing his button with, with him, yeah. all that sexuality yeah. yeah and that's why you know when you mentioned it earlier like you know he grabs her face obviously but she is being a real see you next thursday i mean that's a very <laughs> like come on don't be stupid girl like yeah. you know that guy's you know I mean, um yeah. anyway i'm the thing is is they when it's so obvious that he murdered their dog it's a it's a it's all bets are off it's the second yeah. movie we've done recently yeah a, dog a lot of death. dog death yeah What's your favorite dog death in a film? Oh, that's it. Don't, we, make, don't make me choose. Is it The Thing? That's a pretty bad dog. I mean... A, Did that dog die? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, mean, it's one way to describe what happened Actually, that, that dog, I just found out, Let me zoom in. That dog's still alive. Oh, really? Yeah, it was the one dog that lived 40... 47, 47 years, years <laughs> whatever old that movie is um, by, the, by the way, there's a, there's a nice little nod. Uh, there's a line of Jessica Lange. It's not even the, the third, July 3rd yet. Oh, because the fireworks are. Yeah, you know what that you know what she was doing. Hmm. That's for me. Oh, birthday! It's my oh, birthday. Bir- birthday! Yeah, that's treat. right. Um, a treat for me. By the way, Jessica Lang design. She's a, she's a graphic designer in this, mm-hmm. and uh, design. She's she's trying to design a logo in this for a yeah. travel agency. Mm-hmm. I actually like that scene because it's more. That's a headache that a it's lot like some of inside baseball. Experience. Yeah, it really is inside <laughs> baseball. It's like. When you have a client, that's a that's a fucking nightmare place to be. Now today, she would just go on Fiverr dot com, yep, and uh, have somebody else do it for her. Yeah. Speaking of getting some money on the side, me getting some money on the side, huh? <laughs> uh, by the way, um, Julia Lewis is about her incredulous remark to her mom that she can't believe that her mother doesn't realize she's been, been flashed, flashed before. before. Yeah, that blew oh, my yeah. mind. It's like I've, I've seen some, I've, someone's waved their dick in my general direction. She, I wrote could, it be down. A, could be a vagina. She, she says, <laughs> I didn't mean to insult you. I'm sure you've been flashed before. That's a great line. Very funny. Um, she was just, that's a line she used in King Kong. She just resurrected it for that. Uh, do you think that anybody, because De Niro looks so amazing in this, do you think anybody went on the Cape Fear diet? Because, you know, there's a subway diet we talked about recently. Yeah. I ended up that, putting that guy in jail. Yeah, or the child molestation yeah. probably was really the cause. <laughs> but was that popular? Do you guys remember at the time were people going on the Cape Fear diet? No, they weren't. No, Tell although me he did. Uh, let me zoom in. Three mm-hmm. percent body fat. That's what at I'm his peak. Yeah. yeah. Nice. They said he worked out five hours a night. Yeah. And then just reread the script for Righteous Kill. <laughs> said, soon, baby. Soon we'll get this done. My dream project. <laughs> Robert Mitchum looks like a bunch of rolled up carpets. 
He's, 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 he's good in this. I think he's pretty good. He's good. He's way better than Gregory Peck in this. The original, original. Gregory Peck was great in it. Gregory Peck was on his way to the afterlife. King Solomon himself couldn't have adjudicated. You actually see his soul leave his body at the end of that scene. <laughs> but Robert Mitchum, the original Max Katie, right? Yes. That's right. Yeah. Well, Maximilian wait, Katie. Wait, wait, big zoom. Maximilian Katie. Yeah. They they do go formal when they're in court, right? Yeah, they go all the way with Maximilian. Mm-hmm. They yeah. did. I didn't. I never. I just for some reason I wasn't thinking that was his. Well, they'd say his full name, Maximilian Katie Holmes. <laughs> I thought it was Maxwell. You know why not? Or Maximus. Maximus. Robert Mitchum Maximus is good from? in this film. Maximus comes from Gladiator. Yeah. Okay. Ancient Rome. There you go. They're apparently still making a second one. Yes, they are. We'll have to explain that one to me. But we'll see. Uh, yeah. I love how the uh, the image that they use in uh, ads on Facebook, or not ads, but reposts, is of Tommy Flanagan, who I think died in Gladiator. So good luck. Hmm. Um, then thought, again, so did... I think at one point, Gladiator 2 was going to take place in the underworld. Yeah, and that he was in it. Right. Yeah. I'm all for that. I mean, Russell Crowe needs that. We need Russell Crowe to get some sort of a resurrection. You know what? Uh, nice guy's not good enough for you? Great. Did you see him getting a lot of offers, though? And uh, that, he, wasn't he just in something? What was he just in? I don't the know. The Water Diviner, oh. which he directed. Hmm. I love Russell, Russell Crowe. Crow. Yeah. Yeah, he's trimmed up again, right? Yeah. He just I, was in something recently. Yeah, but he should still be one of those go-to guys. He should be. Not unlike Robert De Niro. So, okay, this movie features the best De Niro faces of all time. The what amount of that? great faces he pulls in this movie. Just... And... and and the scene where he is upside down, yeah. Somebody could recut. Uh, they could recut a romantic comedy trailer with the. They they got music, beautiful song playing in the background. De Niro upside down talking on the phone. It looks like a scene from a romantic comedy, and he's talking to a thirteen year old girl. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's what kind of phone she has. I, I zoomed in Swatch. on that. A Swatch phone. Fuck yeah, yeah man. Was that ever a thing? Yeah. Do you know what other band, the band that she's listening to? John probably noticed this. She was watching a video for there's Jane's a, Addiction. There's a Jane's Addiction but video. It was Patience by she, Guns N' Roses yeah. playing. And she's got a Cure poster on the wall. She does. And it's, so her shit's all over the place. But it very much is. But is that the f- first and last time Guns N' Roses popped up in a Scorsese film? Had to be, right? Has to be. I hope so. I would think so, yeah. Usually he's, he's better than that. But why do you suppose they showed the one and played the other? Do you think they that was probably just didn't sloppy? have the licensing for the audio? Yeah. Maybe he didn't want to see. Plus, Rose. she was watching the TV with the sound off, and she had headphones on. Headphones on, yeah. right? So she's just yeah. She was really. Uh, she was I really wrote upset. a swatch phone down too, by the way. I just Very excited I, about it. I never knew that was a thing. Maybe that's one of those pieces of memorabilia you could go to eBay and go, uh, you know, type in the swatch phone from Cape Fear. Okay, let me <laughs> zoom in a little bit. Remember, okay, what is Joe Don Baker's signature drink in this film? Jim Beam oh, and Pepto Bismol. Yes. It's amazing. It's amazing. I did know that. <laughs> Because whiskey gives you diarrhea if you drink too much of it, and the Pepto Bismol. <laughs> Joe Don later it. goes out drinking. He goes. He goes. He gets uh, killed drinking. That yeah. uh, cross dressing moment though is so fucking hysterical to me because they have like a real female's voice, it's a cheat, like yeah. interacting, yes, right? So it's, it's a actually, total I, cheat. And the camera the and the way the camera films the scene. Is and I got a hard on when Robert yeah. De Niro turned around. So <laughs> well, that I, think was exciting. I think it but, is the maid. And you almost lost a hard on when you thought it might have been the real maid. Yeah. 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 True. Um. Yeah, and then he gets garroted with a piano wire. That's not how he dies, though. The, the blood is instant. And the fact that De Niro and Jessica Lange are rolling around <laughs> five minutes later. No, Nick, like, Nick, Nick, Nick Nolte. Or Nick Nolte. We're watching that movie, like, 
for this crime, like it's real realistic that they could be charged with homicide over oh, what they did to Max. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and the fact that they flee the scene. Yeah, they, I mean, they, he's touching the piano wire. He's rolling around in I, the blood. I listen to the true, scene, crime, true you know? crime podcasts almost exclusively these days, and yeah, those guys they're, they're would fucked. be fucking done. Yeah, yeah. They're toast. The funny thing, okay, going back to the uh, drama. Why is this guy chained to the bottom of the river? Because <laughs> like, he was coming after us. Yeah, yeah makes sense. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then they look at Nick Nolte and says, you look way worse. Yeah. Um, one of the, my favorite line deliveries in the film is the way he pronounces the other girl's name when he's going through the the roll call for his uh, drama teaching thing. Cecile James. Cecile. <laughs> so good. His voice in this is incredible. Yeah. His and she was, she was just horrified that he would confuse her with Cecile. Yeah. Like, uh, no. There's a, after that, so after that, the scene that we're talking about, um, De Niro gets a, doesn't get De Niro arrested. He gets Katie arrested yeah. or taken down. And then... Uh, well, yeah, he's got three guys beat up Katie. Well, that's later. But he gets, first oh. he gets her arrested. Uh, who wins? Who wins that fight? Oh, yeah. Not those three but guys. Then there's a Is that per- still your favorite well, two, scene, by the, the way, two Justin? guys left the one dude behind just yeah. be basically murdered. I would have. Uh, the, but the... But the um, there's a parade scene afterwards. Yeah. Oh, that's right. This yeah, is my favorite line reading of the film. So there's a parade scene. Buddy, I think you might have broke my arm. That that's what it is. So like <laughs> so, Nolte basically assaults De Niro at this parade, and 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 the crowd rallies around Max Cady because he looks like he's getting assaulted, and he goes, "I think you broke my arm." Like you just mm-hmm. said. But my favorite is at the end of the scene. There's like crowd noise, mm-hmm. and you know, you see Nolte is like consoling Jessica. <laughs> you know, she, they're, they're, and and you hear this woman go. I think he's hurt. I think he hurt his arm. Like he's, it's really loud. Like, like it's too loud. But how about yeah. how about when the assault's going on and the the float it's goes the by and those two soldiers just give him the side yeah, eye? Like the, we're very disappointed in you. Get you get the sir. side eye from the float participants. Yeah, I mean yeah. it was really yeah. like they were like you really disappointed us today on the that float, happened in on our, as well the, the day of our independence. Well, Scorsese was frustrated. Like that day, I had heard that he those guys in the floats weren't giving him enough and he was like more side eye from the float more side eye and he stormed off set yeah um those yeah those guys were good mm-hmm. yeah. you, those guys they work exclusively exclusively on those are float actors, float actors. <laughs> usually in another movie if you they were in animal house they were in they were in animal they were in um what do you call life it? of uh, pie <laughs> I was gonna say uh, the fucking movie with the guy. Uh, what do you call it? I don't know. Castaway. God damn it. Um, Ferris Bueller. Yeah. That's the only other movie I can think of with a real Castaway. parade in it. Just because there's a guy in it <laughs> floating. <The guy's> floating. <laughs> Just floating. Um, what? Okay. My favorite new line. Because my favorite, my my old favorite line used to be, "Can I put my arm around you?" That mm. it's not as good as I remember. But the line where he, uh, this is by far proof that they there this movie is half comedy half horror or thriller mm-hmm. and half drama which is good math but the comedy when he says i could teach earthquake preparedness mm-hmm. as an alternative way of living his life mm-hmm. is one of the <laughs> funniest moments and you hear these stories about how de niro is an absolute boring person in real life well, he's very shy yeah, but also that he he really is sort of like a, a golem that he puts all these characters into and that's where all the spice comes out of it's amazing how good he is at his work mm-hmm. because you look at yeah every interview he's dreadfully boring mm-hmm. and and you and when he's not given good material he's not that exciting mm-hmm. but the fact that he's able to just rip it up in something like this it's amazing and and Scorsese does bring the best out of him well, Scorsese you, and, and whoever directed Righteous Kill are, like really bring out the best <laughs> he always is like doing like Max Cady's always doing like self assessments in this and like sarcastically too but he's also there's always kernels of truth 
and he's talking to characters he's always like saying stuff like um you know, prison time made me coarse. Like saying, like he's got like a very poetic. Not way much of, you could do except mm. desecrate your flesh. Yes. <laughs> very like very poetic way of like speaking. Well, it's very biblical and, and obviously very yeah. well read. And then he, when he gets that fight, uh, you're talking about the fight where um, Nolte and, uh, and Jonah Baker they hire these these toughs, the to street beat toughs, Max Katie up. And doesn't he after the fight after he wins the fight? Because he's like, I can outread you. I can outthink you. Like, he's like shouting to like <coughs> how smart he is. You know? I can outphilosophize you. <laughs> yeah, that's what he, <laughs> is that what he says? Yes. He says that. <laughs> <laughs> like, after he just got done beating down people. Yeah, he got whipped with a bicycle chain. That's like one like, of my no favorite. Deal. He, one of my favorite moments is when. They didn't spend a lot of time casting those three roles, by no, the way. No, those no. guys could not look more bland. They don't, they don't bring anything to the table. They get whooped. But uh, Nolte, of course, is cowering behind a. Uh, Garbage uh, can, a garbage a dumpster. A dumpster. Yeah. Let's call it a dumpster. Dumpster, yeah. so man. <laughs> <laughs> call, call I'm gonna it call it a is. garbage can. So he's down like behind, like real crammed. Which, down by the way, like, was really stupid for him to be there. Like, why would you be at the scene of the crime? He, he makes more than one mistake. Yeah, he, and so uh, I'm back on with you with, where he is dumb and unlikable after that one. But you know, dro- you know, uh, Katie thinks he's there, and he's and he's and he's like trolling him. He's come like, out, come out, wherever you yeah. are. Is that you, counselor? Baker, yeah, you know, like he hears him like knock over garbage, basically. But then he's like, he yeah, right when he's about to catch him, he's like, "Oh, it doesn't matter if you're here or not." Oh, fuck he's, it, fuck it, fuck oh, yeah. it. That's one of the best. That scene is amazing. It, it, it's amazing, and those guys are so bland. Yeah. Well, yeah. even there's that you talk about the philosophy, like Joe Don Baker tells uh, Nick Nolte that they saw him at the public library reading Nietzsche. Like it's like you know. <laughs> Just what a normal guy does. Yeah, Joe Don Baker. It's not like he's like uh, I saw. He's at the library. He's there for you know two hours. I was mm-hmm. there. He has to like. By the way, is reading Nietzsche. Also, Sprack Zarathustra. <laughs> the thing that's great is uh, this film. I mean, Max Katie is by far the most interesting, colorful person in the film. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't Scorsese making this, you have the you have the origin story for a great franchise here. You think about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a you know there's this thing we do sometimes where we figure out a better title for the film. Right. Can you imagine a, a horror film series, The Do Right Man? <laughs> That's right. He calls himself. He calls himself that. What a great uh, The Do Right Man series with Max Cady. It'd be amazing. Do you think we did a movie a uh, couple, a bunch of, a couple months ago with a with a bag named Max Janky? Yeah. Do you think that's a tip to uh, the hat to old Max Cady? No, I never made that connection. Who do you think's more iconic? <laughs> Max, Max I mean, I mean, actor-wise, Brian James and and De Niro are the same interchangeable. Level, same level. Yeah. Um, De Niro was at his funeral. <laughs> weird zoom in. <laughs> um, By the way, there's a shot that I don't remember from this film that makes me so happy. Okay. The scene where he uh, attacks uh, <laughs> Joe Don Baker and Joe Don Baker doesn't win. Yes. There's a shot where Jessica Lang looks out the window. We see Max Katie running away. Know, it's like a really quick shot of him just fleeing the scene. So cute. Even so his, cute. Even his and he's supposed to have like camouflage clothes on. Even those are weird looking. Like mm-hmm. he's every everything he wears in this is like a very strange choice. At one point he's at a bar. I think he's talking to. That's when he's talking to uh, Ilya yeah, sure. his character. And he looks like he's wearing he's got like a sailor a, outfit. Or well, he looks like he's wearing like a Spider-Man shirt. Like it looks like it's like something Spider. It's like sailboats on it. I thought like because he had the white hat. too. He does at one point have a captain's yeah, hat. On. Yeah, he's yeah. like yeah. a captain's white cap. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, and I love the fact that Max Cady. I mean, if you think about it, okay, the guy's gotten out of prison. He has all. He, he's smart. 
He's he's in great shape. Mm-hmm. He he's rehabilitated he in a lot of respects. Years. He's rehabilitated, and he's got all this money that he inherited from his uh, dead aunt or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he chooses to just fuck with Nick Nolte. Well, because he, he he could have gone and have a great life if he wanted to, yeah. and he goes and fucks with Nick Nolte. And yeah, so he I has think, a nice wardrobe in I this think film. If you spend 14 years in prison for rape, your opportunity for a great life is somewhat diminished. Well, he yeah. is also, but he's also. Um, <laughs> but he had 30000 in 1991 money. Yeah, that's like at least 70000 today. He says he, he got raped a lot in prison, so he, he's very angry. Well, he's trying to figure out the currency exchange rate for being raped by he black does? or white people. That's yeah. right. I There's think, a different number. Was he implying that it's somehow more or less? I think so. Because that's racist right there. Well, did, did you catch Max Katie's bumper sticker? Yeah. He has a couple of them. Beating you. Well, yeah, what were they? I can't remember. <laughs> one of them, I didn't catch the other one. One of them is, you're a VIP on earth. I'm oh, a VIP in, in heaven. heaven. That's yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's actually. There's another religious one. Yeah. On He's got a lot of religious tattoos. Were you guys zooming in on the, the tattoos Truth and justice or whatever. Yeah, what, the Jesus scales fish. in the back, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a Jesus fish tattoo. Yeah, yeah I thought you wrist. would like that one. I liked how he was working out, like, five seconds before getting released from prison yeah. just a constant Why just, not? just getting ready to murder Show off that buff bod uh, De Niro wasn't young when that movie was do made do you think he out buffed Mark Wahlberg in Fear speaking of another Fear movie or is it's, it it's more useful buff is it neck and neck Who, who's no. more buff no Wahlberg is show buff De Niro is functional buff uh, f- and Shia is love buff what's it what's <laughs> it what's is it thumb and mouth more iconic or thumb in vagina and roller coaster <laughs> and fear flip a coin yeah what time at what point in the movie do we see the the cape fear the, the logo for the cape fear sign anybody paying attention it's like about 20 minutes before the end of the film yeah, it's, it's like reflected in the lake yeah yep. yeah that's a cool shot like, it actually kind of yeah it has like kind of a wavy, yeah, so wavy that's lynchian as well here's yeah. something that was out of date in the film at one point nolte's trying to secure a gun from joe don baker and that whole conversation about um you can't have a gun like you shouldn't have a gun in the house like they, it's a big conversation that they yeah, doesn't believe in them yeah, yeah yep. it just feels like it wouldn't take place in modern day america but my favorite Certainly is not in savannah when he asked for a gun and joe dunn baker like kind of says like well let me let me take a look at you what you could and he goes let me see those hands yeah and then he it's chooses like, a hand based on his hand size he's like fitting yeah he's like gonna recommend a gun gun to him by looking at this he's like a snub nose a little a little wimpy gun yeah your wimpy hands. He had he had feminine hands. I think is what Joe Don Baker picked up and, on. And then in, when Joe Don Joe Baker is in the house when they they are trying to entrap De Niro, or the teddy bear. What do you guys thing? think of that whole like the, the he yeah he sets up this whole. Uh, it's it's ridiculous, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it really is ridiculous, but I love it too. It's it, just it, like it is, why you wouldn't you? Th- those guys are forced to crouch around the house and shit like that. That's it's so funny. And then does it work? He has do they ex- get? Do they accomplish perfect. their mission? Went just as planned. He's like he has to explain his uh, his uh, his thing he's doing, and, he, and, he, and he's like using the word like monofilament. Like he's really into it. Yeah, his monofilament little, line. He bought it at the heart at the. Yeah, he's, like, he's really into describing it as. Uh, so just calling it fishing line. His tracks. <laughs> well, that was his one thing. To, he said, "I'll sign on the dotted line, provided you let me say monofilament at least <laughs> once." It's like uh, Scorsese's like always looking for first. He's like, is there any other movies that reference monofilament? Talking about monofilament, yeah. Just problem child. Well, let's get that. Let's tip the hat. <laughs> um, what do you think about the climax? Fucking fantastic. 
I love it. It might be. It kind of might be my least favorite part of the film. Are you for real? Yeah, oh, it's mine man, too. I, I think it. actually, I love it, but it, it's still well. My least just favorite. it's the it's the it's for me. It's you know it's a very upsetting scene. Um, I don't like to see. I mean, the acting is incredible in it, basically. But I don't the, want to see Max Katie lose. when Nick Nolte goes over that pole and the camera does a complete three sixty. Oh, yeah, so some special. of the reverse things with the water, or when Denier, or uh, Nick Nolte falls in the water and then mm-hmm. like they show him reversing out yeah. of it. It's just those little flourishes for me. That that just, I mean, it's just the pure joy Plus of it has filmmaking. The actual best line in the going. film, which, are you offering me something hot, is probably the yeah. best line in the film. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Then he, yeah, he, then and he, his speaking in tongues, of course. Yeah, the speaking in tongues was, I think, confusing. And when I first saw it, I was confused by it. I didn't understand, because it looked, it's We were laughing so hard in the theater when that happened. Um, and I didn't understand it. I was like, "What is that?" And then someone later told me he was speaking in tongues. And then he then he starts to sing, which I didn't understand. But mm-hmm. the, the, honestly, the scariest moment in this film is watching him staring Nick Nolte down as he's going on oh, the water. Those yeah. two shots, shot chain course, hit yeah. the thing. That is down. amazing yep. shit. That is that is it is. And you know, that, like I, there's stuff I don't love at the end, but I still I, I still like the end a lot. I just like I said, in a just, way, I feel like it's it's like you. Do, I mean, I don't want to. I just some part of me wants to see Max Katie still pull one over on everybody. I don't know why. I feel like he would pro rapist, I guess, huh? No, yeah. but I feel like he. I feel like he's so smart <laughs> at everything that he yeah. wouldn't lose. I and guess. I mean, in a say, way, it would be hard to say he lost. Really, the I mean, funny, he, yeah. The he, thing he, is, Nick Nolte's got a little bit of a mess to clean up after he gets yeah, back from right, the lake. You're right, he's yeah. probably in jail to this day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it went well for them when they got back. Yeah, maybe, to Maybe maybe that was the whole thing. I mean, he is threatening to rape his daughter and wife in front of him and each other 20 minutes of the movie. right yeah. but no, there's no record of that and there's that's it's i'm just saying that, that that is a a little bit of a markdown yeah. oh i agree yeah. yeah one reason maybe not to be a fan not to root for yeah. guess what he almost gets to he almost gets his chance <laughs> he does, yeah he yeah. had it and then she went for the gun that kind of pissed him off and then but they offer him something hot yeah she really you love that line did you <laughs> know the name, the name of the boat yeah, Teddy it was uh, Moana. I did the, notice that. Tip yeah, of the hat to pick, Pixar. Pixar. Yeah, yeah, that's right. What was it? Moana was Moana. the name of his boat. Oh. Moana means ocean or something, right? Yeah. So it yeah. was a dumb name for a river boat. It's a dumb movie. Did you think that uh, there's two parts where I, th- I think that De Niro started to look like someone else? There's a when he's Elias up to, Coteus? Well, uh, That's <laughs> you killed me because this, this won't be as good, but. When he's upside down, I think he looks a little like Joe Cocker. Remember Joe Cocker? Yeah. Dead. Yeah, I saw Joe Cocker right before he died, and he looked exactly like Joe Cocker. You know who looks... Oh, I mean, <laughs> I mean Belushi again, made some good good work off of I that, man. I think he starts to go... I think he starts to sound a little bit like Rooker. A little bit. He does have a Michael Rooker thing going. You're you right. I wouldn't have... So? I didn't yeah. until you said it just this second, but yeah, for sure. I, I caught a little Rooker. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's right at the end. It's like it's like right before he's. I mean, De Niro's clearly you when know, he goes in the shadow to the higher pitch for most of his career, so it makes sense. When that he, he what? what was he that? was in the shadow of Michael Rooker for most <laughs> yes. of his career. That's right. Yeah. Well, De Niro was like, I, I studied Rooker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think when they get in the rock fight at the end? That's, That's delightful. And then uh, so good. Even even De Niro tied to handcuffed the thing is still better. At the rock, he throws a rock right at Nolte's face. Yeah, <laughs> it was definitely you know Scorsese. It's no secret has you know um, you know some battles or not battles, but conversations, debates around religion in a lot of his films, and you know this was one of them, right? I mean, certainly um, the references, but just you know, Katie is sort of this almost like a venge- vengeful angel or something. I wonder you know, if he was still down. on coke when this one came out when he Scorsese? made this one. Yeah, 
When did he get off? I, don't I know, know the Goodfellas was kind of his coke movie for sure. It seemed like he was mad at cocaine at no, the end of Goodfellas, right? Because that ruined everything. So maybe that was his way of, you know, saying goodbye. Can you imagine what Spielberg's version of this movie would have been like? Probably pretty dumb. It would have been because he hadn't evolved. Like, Spielberg was still the mainstream innocent guy. Now, today's, like, no, not today's Spielberg, because today's Spielberg sucks too. But mm-hmm. the Spielberg that was that did Munich would have killed this. Yeah, I think that there's a reason why he walked away from it. I think he probably realized he wouldn't do a good job with it. I mean, he said it was too violent or whatever. Um, but I think he probably just realized he couldn't stick the landing. And it, I don't know how much of a true trade, if that's really what you can call it, but Scorsese gave up um, Schindler's List. And so it was sort of I literally think part a trade. of it is this movie probably isn't that great on the page. I mean, you look at it on the page. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. I don't think it's that good. <clears throat> it's all about the performances and all about the style. Yeah, yeah. no, It could absolutely. have been a dog show. Yeah. So you take that music, you take, you, and that's why I think Scorsese is cracking his knuckles in every scene because you have to entertain yourself when you have material that you need to elevate. Like mm-hmm. you have to elevate every scene. And every, movie. like I said, everybody. I mean, look at Julia Lewis. We talked about her. She's fantastic in this. Indirectly, please. But look how many people she had to get. Th- there's so many, If you read the, the trivia page on this, like there's so many actors that turned it that they or didn't get that it were up or, for it or didn't down. get it. And including like Reese Witherspoon and Alyssa Milano, speaking of fear, Christina yeah. Applegate apparently um, was another one. Yeah, but, uh, and Ramsey. And there's a couple actors that were offered the part. And didn't, Kathy Bates didn't didn't <laughs> take it. So it's like they had to really get through. She had to go through a lot of different. Uh, well, Harrison Ford in the Nolte role would have been pretty cool, I think. Harrison Ford. But they, what was interesting is Ford wanted to do Max Cady. I think he would have been good. Actually, I, I think Katie. he would have been great as Max Cady. I think so too. And Spielberg wanted Rapes. Murray. Why did it have Spielberg to be rapes? Wanted fucking Bill Murray. Can you believe that? Spielberg wanted Murray. Murray would have been amazing. As Katie, and he would have been great. Yeah. And it's funny because De Niro's so good Quick in this change. movie. And then you hear like, oh, Ford would have been great. And you hear Murray. Oh, he would have been great. Even though that it's mm-hmm. almost like De Niro so in, owns that performance. Mm-hmm. But I could see those both those guys sure. do a great job in that. In and that. Ford would have been a great Bowden, Sam Bowden. Yes. But he would he would have been a great Max Katie. Um, and he would have been a great I wonder how much of that because Scorsese did not like that right he yeah. wanted De Niro in the role well he wanted Richard Mull originally but he turned it down <laughs> <laughs> alright so let's let's take this to the next level let's Wait, say, I, I, I have one more thing okay I'm zoom in what did you guys think there's a lot of mud acting going on at the end I noticed mm-hmm. uh-huh. what it, let's comment a little bit on this do you think real mud or fake mud well movie, who's the best mud actor movie yes. mud Matthew want- McConaughey <laughs> <laughs> What did you think of the mud acting in this? This I just can I get some Did you feel like those people had been in mud before? I, I think Scorsese took great pride in torturing the shed and Nick Nolte in, in the last yeah, yeah. scene of this film. Yep. He tortured the living daylights out of Mr. Making Nolte. him watch his family get assaulted right in front of him. Not only that, just beating him up and throwing him around and getting him all suck. Well they I think the important He part, pays his price for his transgressions in this movie, I think. I think the yeah, a little bit. I think that he both Scorsese and Nolte wanted to get very primal at the end with mm-hmm. their with his performance, and I think it really comes across. I mean, as soon as he's slipping in that blood, and and from then on, he, it it feels like he's a different character. In a yeah, way. people come to the movie Microscope to hear Justin say "primal." <laughs> such a you just cut to the bone. <laughs> but don't you feel like that? He he he's like he's like he's basically at the end. He's he's floundering. Yeah. He's like. 
He's yeah, not doing well. He's not, but he's 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 all rage and yeah. how about how about the woman who sees De Niro though get out from underneath the car? Yeah, there's a guy standing there watching the authorities. Yeah. Smartest person in the film. The the sequel was just, just stays out of it. Like, he's like, like hey, fuck this shit. Did you see Strick wrote a they wrote a sequel that they never made, and it's about Nolte looking for a racquetball partner. Ileana <laughs> <laughs> Douglas, uh, she's she, made it. She survives. She's yeah. she's up in Connecticut yeah, though now. She moved yeah. back home with mom and dad. I forgot that she survived. Yeah, well, she's not having a good go at it though. So okay, she's look, not a quintessential good looker as it starts. She's cute, but she's unique. Now she's got a hole in her face. Well, maybe they got a little. Maybe it's just a little they, bit. They, 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 in the deleted scenes, they do transplant some ass tissue well, he, to her face. He spit. He did spit out. He didn't. They didn't show, but he spit out her cheek, and there was like a little bit of like a glass of ice. So oh, lucky, lucky yeah. spit. Um, but it lands inside of. They drink. Inside it. of. They drinks it. Um, inside of what? Did you <laughs> dirty gash? If they did do a sequel to this, they they may have talked about it because it was a huge hit. What, yeah. what would it, what would it be? Max Katie's back. He well, did, we he did we don't drown. see the body. Didn't drown. Just like Mark and Fear, Mark Wahlberg, did, is he really dead? We yeah. don't know. They're dragging the river at the end or whatever, the lake. Um, how would you do a sequel? You ha- let's say, you ha- guys, we got to make Cape Fear 2. It was a huge hit. What do you do? Juliet Lewis is the villain. She's got a little of that stink on her. She's Shawnee Smith and Saw now, you know? Oh, yeah. She's like a, she's like a Max Katie protege. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sticking her finger in boys' mouths. What a primal idea! You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought maybe they could. He could. It could have been uh, a bunch of people that found out about the story that Nolte had defended, and they wait. Wait a minute. He fucked up our, our defense too. Oh. And then there's like several Max Katie, uh, you know, likes like a maybe two. They next the next one could have two, two guys get out. And yeah. Max Katie up his life. Who would you cast in? I mean, who is the modern day guy who could pull off a Max Katie? Hmm, that's a good question. Because that is a very specified performance. Like a Bradley Cooper, I think could potentially take a run at it. I'd go Sasha Baron Cohen. Hmm. Huh? And not joking, I guess. No, I think he'd be great. I think he'd be good. Him and him and uh, Scorsese work so well together on your favorite movie, Hugo. Oh fuck that movie. I don't know why you hate it. I don't. You I wanted have to leave the theater heart. halfway through. I just wanted to leave. I wanted to be away. Mm. That kid, the lead actor, was awful. The kid, and the storyline is not built for me anyway. Yeah, heartwarming and kind. <laughs> it's not. It's not though. It's just a mess. It's a Byzantine piece of shit. Yeah. Who, who do you think could? Mess. Who do you think? Who do you think could do a Max Katie? Got anybody? I already said Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, that's true. That I forgot you were being serious. Justin doesn't have anybody. I think that guy could do anything, to be honest. I'm trying to think. I mean, Why doesn't he though? I, I don't know. Rock. I think I think I think he's probably an awful person to work with. Sam yeah. Rockwell. Sam Rockwell could probably do well with that. He was great in Seven Psychopaths. He's good in everything he does. Yeah, but I mean, in an unhinged role. Well, th- okay, so you thinking about somebody who's willing to lay, who's who's willing to embrace a little bit of cheese, laid on the line, but also be super intense and jacked out. I mean, maybe minus the jacked out part. Well, no, Sam Rockwell's in good shape. You've seen him dance. But no, he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm surprised you guys didn't like love the final 20 minutes. I, I mean, think. it's not that... I, I'm, I'm sort of like Justin, is mm-hmm. that it's coming to an end. It's all action. I mean, that's action, and action is the least exciting shit yeah, in the world. 
and and it is the end of Max Katie, and we don't get to see. I mean, we get some great moments, but honestly, I think when he's able to be, when he's able to outwit his his uh, opponents mm-hmm. verbally, I think it's the most exciting parts yeah. of the film. But as far as stylistically, yeah, Scorsese is just pulling out all he's the at stops. His peak there. right there, yeah, yeah just and, peak uh, Scorsese. It is. I we mean, get, that movie. This we get a scene Nolte in a sleeper hold, though. That's important. <laughs> He drags him into the boat by his hair. It's great. He does that. He does what everybody does after they put somebody in a successful sleeper hold. They tap you. You tap him on the, the forehead. They, you always give him a little tap. Night night. You know. Worst part of the film. Sleep. What's the worst part of the film? I don't know, John. What do you think? You I don't know. I love, love everything it. about yeah, it. Yeah. There's nothing that jumps much. out. Julia Lewis's little monologue at the beginning. Or she has one at bad, the end too. It's a bad way to start the film. The end might be the that might be the worst because that feels like the end feels like the, her narration at the end feels yeah, and like it goes the, end the beginning the chromatic and yeah it bookending like, it feels like a script something that was in the script. It feels like you a know, student film this? at that point, yeah. like yeah. those kind of things where it's so hard to break that wall. And also, she's she's good in the scenes where she's playing off of another actor, but when she's by herself, well, she says stuff like this. It's like it's not important. Like she says, Can, um, she's like. You know we're we're gonna keep living. We don't want to look into the Do you past because in? it makes us scared. Let me zoom in. Mm-hmm. I have a Juliet Lewis story. Let's hear it. So uh, back in the days of Chud, when it was successful, late '90s, early 2000s, one of our big supporters and curmudgeons was a guy out in the West Coast who was a Scientologist named Will. He's pretty active on the message boards, and so we did this thing called Chud West out at his house in, in Malibu or whatever it was, and. I went there once on my own because I was helping him build a website. And being a high-level Scientologist, obviously, Juliet Lewis is a Scientologist. Mm. And I went to their house, and Juliet Lewis was hanging out. And I got to kind of interact with her a little bit, and it was so fucking weird. Yeah? Because... Because the thumb stuff? Well, <laughs> wasn't the thumb. Did she suck her thumb? <laughs> no, just she, was, she was sitting by the pool. And and Giovanni Ribisi's sister was there too, Marissa Ribisi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was you don't have to say her name. I know who she is. You don't have to clarify. Her. I think yeah. everyone else in the world needs to be clarified. She Wasn't good. she star of uh, Days and Confused? She was the redheaded girl in that movie, right? Uh, let me have I zoom in real quick. Yeah. Are you talking about Beck's wife? <laughs> <laughs> also a Scientologist. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I got to interact with Juliet Lewis and on, on neutral ground. It was kind of weird. That's interesting. Yeah. And it's funny because. It, the way she acted there was the same way she acts on screen. So I think that's just Juliet Lewis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a little, a little um, creepy, weird, unsettling. She's a little like off kilter, I guess. Was she was she cool? She was fine. Was she nice to you? She was fine. Was she, she jerk to you? I think she was in awe. Yeah. Mm. As you know, what happens? Well, like, is this the guy who fear. webmaster of chud.com? <laughs> when it mattered. Uh, so, okay, so let's say there's a, a Cape Fear theme park <laughs> that's being designed <laughs> um, or a restaurant or whatever. Um, what was your, what was your, I'll start with, uh, I'll start with John since Justin always defers. Um, if you were, if you were to orchestrate some sort of a Cape Fear ride or mm-hmm. restaurant or whatever, mm-hmm. haberdashery, what would it be? What would you do? I mean, I feel like the, the, the houseboat would be a great addition to Disney. You know, you just get on the houseboat, they threaten to rape your wife, and then you have to jump off before it crashes. They offer you something hot? Something hot. <laughs> <laughs> a hot How, injection. A houseboat ride at Disney would be. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. You have hey, an animatronic De Niro yeah, you could, trying the, to rape your the wife. The main thing is you have to try to, like, handcuff his foot to the pole. <laughs> 
was gonna um, say the same thing. That's how you win. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would do a restaurant. I would do a restaurant that specialized in, um, like, kind of like breakfast. That was like some kind pork of cheek, maybe fancy breakfast. <laughs> they dress them up like villains from like your classic Hollywood. Hmm. You know, villains like Frankenstein, monster, vampire, Dracula, and what they do is they. Stupid. They dress. They they put these little cute little uh, outfits on cra- crepes. Mm-hmm. You know, they call it crepe fear. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have a little Max Katie crepe. Uh, what would what would be the toppings for a Max Katie crepe? Well, obviously, uh, obviously a captain's a edible captain's hat, captain, <laughs> you know, a little marshmallow or something. So yeah, I could do a little crepe fear. That'd okay. be good. That was good. Thank you. How about you, Nick? Um, mine would be a Hall of Mirrors. Um, and uh, there would be... So in every every time you saw your reflection, there would be a Jessica Lange showing you her back. <laughs> <laughs> and you get super hard and want to ride on it. Yeah. And then... He was, uh, he was brushing his teeth pretty vigorously. Yeah. I thought he brushed his teeth weird in this. Did you guys zoom in on that? or He had his, definitely like his mouth wide. Yeah, it was de- you're right. Normally, I keep my mouth closed when I brush my teeth. I think teeth. he was holding his brush too high. It was definitely, yeah, you're right. His elbow was like like oh. parallel. You know, they don't teach hand. on-screen brushing in acting little, school. I mean, I don't, I thought he had too much grip on that toothbrush. <laughs> Take it down. I thought he brushed like a lawyer that was a philanderer. That was yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we think he bothered Scorsese with questions like, how do you think Sam Bowden would brush his teeth? <laughs> and then in the original case where he looked back and then he's, he's like, oh, that's right, they didn't brush back then. Or how would he say it, Nick? You could do the Nolte. Well, no, the, the current Nolte I can do. <laughs> what if they had to dub him like uh, they did uh, They did uh, Mel Gibson and the original Mad What Max? if every 40 years or, or whatever they did another mm-hmm. remake of the remake with those same or, people? Uh, so you'd have Nolte in Road his current Warrior, state and De Niro in his current state playing those roles. Nolte playing the cop? It'd suck if they had... Gregory Peck. No, Nolte would play the lawyer defending Katie. That's right. They'd reverse. Oh, that's it. right. They. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Sidetrack. And De Niro would be the police officer. Who would? Yeah. Let's recast Cape Fear for the modern audience. Let's say they remade it today. Okay. Okay. The director of it. Oh. Scorsese. He's, no, he's it alive. Ha, it has to be. It has to be. It has to be somebody that's. But the guy who did Arctic. The guy that fancies himself like a, a cutting edge kind of guy. Okay, you get a few. You get a. You don't rule out or girl. Ladies. Okay, come on, ladies. social justice, Don. Um, uh, here's the woman <laughs> that did the Babadook. Let's get her involved. And somebody that was a woman. Mm-hmm. How about the guy who did Green Room and Blue Ruin? He's a good thriller director. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jeremy Sonia. Yeah, that's a yeah. good call. Yeah. Okay, let's let's pretend so we'll he was female. We'll and then lock him in. Be happy. Let's yeah. lock him in because I like him too. Yeah. And we'd have to, but you have to. Can you put a color in the name? Because he likes that. He likes to have. Uh, it's okay. Let's get a color in there. White Cape Fear. Good. That's enough. <laughs> White Cape, Cape Fuchsia. Fear. <laughs> Cape, Cape, Cape Fuchsia Fear. Okay, let's do that. So okay, anyway. Yeah, so, so it'd be great. Who would be a good uh, uh, Sam Bowden or Bowden, whatever it is. Uh, so you're Nick Nolte. Who, who would who would take Nick Zach Nolte's role? <laughs> Zach Efron. Oh, perfect. And just and he and put him. In okay, glasses. no, you know who who it would really be. Uh-huh. It would really be at this, at this Seth stage. Rogen. 
No, I would say it would be either Joel Edgerton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Jason Bateman, I think, would be your guy. Okay, that's Jason good. Bateman, you're heading in the right direction, I yeah, think. Bateman's played kind of these kind of characters before. Yeah. What about Brawley Nolte? <laughs> no, we're going with actors. Nolte's son is an actor. Is he really? Mm-hmm. What's he been in? Ransom. He is in Ransom. See the boy in Ransom? Give me back my son! Yep. He did, yeah. He was in that. All right. Who's your Maxwell Katie? You said Sasha Baron Cohen earlier. That's why, yeah. But now we're actually recasting. We have to get serious. We have to stop fucking around. Put our shit together. (laughs) You know who I'd love to see play Max Katie? Who's that? Tom Cruise. I would love to see him do that. That'd be cool. When's when's he been a bad guy? Only once or twice, right? Collateral. Yeah, Collateral. Magnolia. Mm. Yeah, he was kind of a scumbag. Risky business. It was kind of a Last dick Samurai. in that movie, right? I mean, if you're Asian. brought prostitutes into his parents' house, fucked it all up. That's an interesting movie. It was a real dick move. He was kind of a dick, huh? Yeah, right. a little rich boy. Rain Man, sort of. But then he's, he, yeah, he's kind of best a, performance in that film. Dick, I mean, yeah, Dustin Hoffman would be pain in the ass. <laughs> I mean, come on. Piece of shit. <laughs> Counting fucking toothpicks all the time. Get a grip. Bonnie Hunt. Bonnie Hunt apparently came up with that scene. Oh, for real? The toothpick idea. How's that? Is that they were looking for something to do? Originally, against, it was aircraft carriers, and they uh, she honed it in. She they were, I guess, they, and then she was like, "Well, what, what if we drop toothpaste?" I think it was her idea. Yeah. I don't know too and much then he about can, it. He can look at them and know how many there are. That's something yeah. an autistic guy would do. And uh, huh, I like Bonnie Hunt. By the way, I know you do. It's a miracle. So Jason Bateman, worst nose in the business. Who do you got for Jessica Lang's character? Oh shit. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. She's just a little too. Yeah, I don't think she could. Young, I don't think actually. she could pull off the the cold. She's a little too young because Je- yeah. Jessica Lange in this movie is. Uh, she's been weathered. She feels like she is. Uh, <laughs> she's been through some shit. It's funny you say weathered. I like, meant it more like not in her. Funny look, you would say she weathered. She's a problem that she aged. We're about that's to her, get weathered. That's her thing, and she's she's sad that she is aging. Mm-hmm. So you have to, who's a little bit older? Still kind of cute. Well, Rachel I mean, McAdams. She's older. She's still, she's, she still seems so young. She, yeah, she's like maybe 40, but she's... Okay. Maybe, who's a little older? Who's like an actress that's... Well, if we got Jason Bateman in there, how old is he? 45, he's got, 50? Jason Bateman's pushing 50. He's 50. Yeah. yeah. Still looks like a, a young man. He does look young. Poor little Looks guy. like a leather man. A little cutie. <laughs> a little cutie? What about somebody... Wait, wasn't Rachel McAdams his wife in Game Night? Uh, yep. That's right. So they, they could have a reunite them. They work well together. Maybe you could have uh, that. What's Bezaridis? Yeah, Bezaridis from True Detective. Actually, Chandler. Two. Uh, what's his name uh, from Game Night? Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler. He'd be a good uh, Sam Katie. You probably pull it off. Or what about a Max Katie? Max Katie. When I say <laughs> Sam Katie. Okay, so what about the Julia Lewis character? I'm not super familiar with all the 15 year old actresses <laughs> out there. <laughs> We can go to 18. She was 18 in this. You have to, actually. Yeah, for all that thumb, mm. toe thuck, or, uh, thumb sucking scenes. Um, all right. I don't know, man. Yeah, fuck CG. this. Just make her CG at this point. <laughs> CG would be good. <laughs> um, so if you were, uh, if you were, uh, oh, distill Cape Fear to one moment. Come out, come out wherever you are. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, it is. I mean, he's, you know, just turned the table on those yep. three goons. He's in and, charge. What's his name's hiding out being Slippery Sam? <laughs> I mean, obviously the most 
I would just go with the most iconic part in the film when Joe Don Baker is introduced holding a golf ball. <laughs> I really like uh, the look on Nolte's face when he handcuffs his ankle, you know, De Niro's ankle know, to the thing, and he kind of has like a growl. He's like, ah! <laughs> He's so excited. He's so excited that he finally and De Niro's did gun effective. is quite literally a foot away. Like, all he has to do yeah. is, and like somehow he still yeah. misses. But uh, but that grr sound he makes you know, is just I, wonderful. I might distill it to the what you said, that look as he sinks. De Niro sinks yeah. to the bottom of the lake or whatever. Where whatever, just his whatever. eyes are kind of floating. It's resolve. Yeah. It's just a look of resolve. Just, it is really, it's a really great moment. It's a, it's, it's, per, yeah, it's, I think it, maybe I do that. I mean, Even if you I think about it, 14 years in jail or your houseboat gets destroyed. I mean, De Niro lost, or uh, Nolte lost a lot that day. Yeah. And that was a pretty sweet houseboat. The fact that he has a houseboat's incredible anyway. Houseboats are great. Houseboats yeah. are the best. Houseboats are pretty cool. To be honest, watching that movie, it was like, I kind of wish I had a houseboat. Yeah, houseboats are another level of like wealth. You know, it's like creative wealth. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, you got, no, I'm, we got a houseboat. I think that kind of houseboat speaks to like a, like a new, new wealth. And they, and they go shopping. Remember right before, like they, they're on the run, they go shopping. Mm-hmm. And, I, th- I noticed and they're this, clearly in South Florida. Yes, they're the, acting <laughs> like they're in North Carolina. <laughs> this is this, this is what our show's supposed to do. Did you notice what they were in? They had you know in movies they always they they have like they went shopping. They have to show you that they bought items, so they're poking out. Mm-hmm. And Lang, oh yeah, there's always like a loaf of bread, like right. a French bread. Had, Jessica Lang had she had the loaf of fucking bread. bananas. <laughs> um, but Juliet Lewis had just peeking out. Grayskull Castle. <laughs> She had bought a toy. No, she had she bought a pack. Not, but she was carrying out. It was a it pack was of a, Twizzlers. It was like a pack of mush, like a, a mushrooms, like mushrooms. The, those, you know, mushrooms in the little yeah, the little green thing with the uh-huh. cellophane. Preparing for a little crepe fear. They're gonna do some, crepe fear. Yeah, cut up some. Oh, so they're some gonna mushrooms. were they gonna do savory crepes and some sweet ones Both, too? Of okay. course. Yeah, yeah. that was the original name for Amish. Well, we were talking about marshmallow crepes. crepes earlier. Now we got mushroom crepes. So uh, mine would be. Um, I think there's two. It's two. It's tough to pick from. It'd be either it's Max Katie in the movie theater saying "fuck you" to everybody, smoking the cigar and laughing mm-hmm. and making laughing a scene, ass off. Mm-hmm. showing off his or it's a scene teeth. Right. at the racquetball court where the guy is inaudibly talking to Nick Nolte to get He's out. Like, All right, yeah, yeah, go, yeah. motherfucker. It's one of those two. Yeah. Um, so if you were in the world of Cape Fear, what character, like, where would you fit into this universe? What would be happening? Where would you be? Where would you be discovered? I'd probably just be in the ice cream shop getting a snack. <laughs> And, be, and hoping that Max Katie picked up your tab, too. That's right. He was, what a sweetheart. He, he picked up Joe Don Baker's tab, mm-hmm. picked up Nolte's tab. He's sort of the hero of this movie. He's gonna, he wasn't going to... I mean, maybe that's why he was so fatalistic, because that 30000 I mean, with all the lunches and breakfasts he's picking up. Yeah, he's, he's really stretching it. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's there's a lot of iconic moments, for sure. And for me, like, I, I keep going back to it, but that last 20 minutes where there's just some incredible camera work, just, like I said, that 360 where the camera literally, mm-hmm. pan, like, yeah, flips over. Yeah, which yeah just, three, it's just such a cool, I've never seen well. anybody do yes. it. Yeah, other, other than Scorsese. It's, it's a little more eloquent in Bring Out the Dead. It's, like, a little bit more, like, it's like he, he learned it. Yeah, a lot of people still talk about that movie. <laughs> I like that. Hugely influential. <laughs> It is on it. Amazon Prime, I think. Have I might go watch it, it tonight. No, I literally have not seen it since the movie theater. You, you would, me too. You would. I think you would love it. I know. I bet yeah. I would. It's hard to. Doesn't it's Cliff hard Curtis to get from, impaled on a fence in it? Cliff Curtis yeah. is great in yeah, it. Yeah. But right. Nick Nolte is your star, and that's a big mistake. Because that came out right after Three Kings, Nick and Cage. Cliff Curtis was just killing Nick it. Nick Cage. 
played an Iranian yeah. guy. Cliff Curtis Iraqi. in Training Day still fucking wears me out. He's so good in that movie. He is so good so in scary. everything. Yep. Where Cliff is Curtis he? Is he in, been uh, anything recently? He's in Doctor Sleep. We just he's oh, he's fuck. in yeah he's in yeah. he's one of the bad guys. He was also in, in Cliffhanger. That, <laughs> he was Cliff Curtis. That, that Doctor Sleep trailer though, pretty good, huh? Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Um. What, so what would you what what role would you play if you're in the he's world? He just said he's an ice cream customer. I was just, oh, yeah, yeah, was just eating ice you cream. Were, you weren't yeah. kidding. Okay. Yeah, I don't get involved cream. in this kind of I, this kind of domestic good. drama. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you'd be like a very very side character. Nick usually thrusts himself in the middle of the action. I mean, Joe Don Banker would be a fun character, but you'd have to be you're you're, but you're, you're get, in get addition to. At the no, end, you're in though. addition to. I think you call him Joe Don Banker. Banker. That'd be the best. Joe Don Baker. So you can't be inventing a new character. Yeah, you're adding yourself into the universe. You can you can. I'd I probably like be, you at the ice cream shop, though. Yeah, just, just relaxing. Cool. Yeah. Just chilling. Yeah, it was a nice night out, sit outside. <laughs> oh, Max Cady's here? Yeah, yeah. I could be excited. It, do you think he's picking up tabs again? I'm, I'm going to be surprised if was another guy looking at Max Cady on the underside of the vehicle, not doing anything about it. What kind of ice cream do you think uh, uh, Max Cady would order? Ooh, that's tough. Rocky Road? <laughs> so, you know, he got under the car. He just keeps it. I bet he keeps it pretty simple. Well, what, I get, that's not true. What is it? What is he probably read like in his books? That, what, what's the, what's Henry Miller? What was his favorite ice cream? Maybe he just eats custard or something. You know, like. One thing was interesting too is that Charles Chips was still around when this movie. was Oh, I made. miss yeah. Charles Chips. Yeah, weren't they delivery? Yeah, fuck yeah, because that's you where he hit sexist underneath. You subscribed to yeah. potato chips. A giant fucking bucket of chips would be delivered <laughs> yeah. to your house, and they'd put that's a copy right. of Sexus underneath it every that's other, right. you know, every other. Month. I think the reason they didn't succeed was he was so informal. If it was Chuck Chips, I think it might have, <laughs> might have pulled Chuck, up. Chuckie's Chips. You could have been the guy that delivered uh, delivered the Charles, Charles chips. chips, and then like, and then you're like leaving, and then you see somebody like put a little uh, you know book under the um, Charles Chips. You're like, hey, buddy, hey. hey, it's a federal offense to fuck with Charles yeah, don't, Chips. Guys, look, I don't want them to think it's me, and then you get killed by De Niro or something. Yeah. Or get if a guy comes, <laughs> never mind. I was gonna say if a guy named Charles comes by, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Charles. So, so who would you be? Nick? So Charles Chips Esquire is is destitute now. <laughs> do I look destitute to you? Another great line in the movie. Um, yeah, do true. we figure out who Justin is? I can't think. I'm trying to think. Usually, I I get I get a bad fate in these films. So I'm trying to think. I think um, I'm I'm going to be. Uh, it's tough. I, I wanted to be the person who mourns for the dead maid, who goes to the Katie or to the Nick Nolte's house and's like, "Where's my wife?" Yeah, in Spanish. Where's my wife? And she was basically a slave, so I don't think defeated. she had a wife. Yeah. But now I think what I'm going to be, I'm going to be the river diver who has to go go pull the yeah, check out, out. The, yeah, try you, to piece together the scene. You'd be the connection to the sequel. What would happen? You you go down there and there'd be a, a handcuff with was just loosely yeah. foot. Oh, he cut his own like, foot off? No, it's like it was like what, was maybe it? it's open, like he got it open. You know, like mm. a, no, I think it'd be bit. cool if oh, the, oh, the, the, not only the foot would be missing, his whole body too. He'd be gone because it'd be, be upsetting if the There's foot no was Max gone. Yet Katie. his body was still. There's no Max Katie down here. It's a better movie. Um. I'd be maybe I'd be an owner of another houseboat, and what I, my character would, whenever they're leaving the Nolte's, I think that's the name of the family in the film. Yeah, I'd say, <laughs> uh, "Hey, good houseboat weather today." You know, that's what yeah. I'd be that mm-hmm. guy. Like, yeah. hey guys, and then I'd turn around, and I'd have a a huge houseboat, like bigger than them. Yeah, and then Nolte would be like pissed at me. Like he'd be angry because I have a better yeah. houseboat and a huge dick too, and you'd have it out. Like, <laughs> I got a big go boat and a big dick. Look at I this. Hate, I hate that. Just I hate that. Just one with a bigger houseboat than 
I'm like, and I'm just so sweet and nice. And then his family probably likes me. Like, you know, mm. Jessica Lang probably likes me. And, mm. and Juliet Lewis is like, oh, I always like that guy, Dad. And he's like, oh. Do you, do you have the ability to shit. stretch stretch your real persona that far? <laughs> he's so successful. <laughs> there is an interesting moment, as, speaking always of the houseboat scene, where, like, De Niro, after getting, you know, underneath the car, right? Like, he gets mm. out and he cleans himself up, but he's, like, really spending a lot of time on his hair. So it's he like is. the psychology of he's like, I'm going to go rape these women, but I want to look nice and presentable for them. You know, make it a pleasant experience as, as much as you can. Yeah. He's got good hair in this, let's be honest. His so uh, It's so good you could mistake it for a So Spanish pretty famously maid. parodied in The Simpsons. Did you guys ever see yes, that episode? That's a great episode. I've never yeah, seen it. It is a great episode. I've it's seen maybe two Simpsons episodes in my life. Yeah, that's because you're pretty cool like that. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's <laughs> no, I, I, I love yeah. this. I, I love what I've seen. Yeah. You should seek that one out then because it's, it's, it's a classic one. I love them both, but the, the two I've episodes I've seen. never yeah. watch them. That's yeah. one of the best Simpsons episodes. It is one what of the best. What is this? Is it a Cape Fear spoof? So throughout the series, Sideshow Bob always tries to kill Bart. Um because Bart keeps putting him in jail. And so basically it's based on that premise. So he's out of jail. And so there's some great scenes. Obviously, the, they, they have some fun with him riding underneath the car, you know, going through like a cactus patch or something like that. And he steps on a bunch of rakes coming off. I mean, it's 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 a good... They have fun with the movie. Good, well-done parody for sure. This movie... And it was pretty fresh. I mean, that came out probably in 92. Like, it was like right yeah, after the movie had come out. Close. Yeah, This movie really... And that was when The Simpsons were still great, like fourth, fifth yeah. season. Like, I don't know, Ryan was still writing for him. Right. Think. But like... Oh, he wrote for The Simpsons. You didn't know that. Yeah, um, oh, so yeah, he was he was one of the the main but guys. This movie well, really entered some of the classic culture really quickly. Like people, you know, this like people were parodying this. And, yeah. And, and but, copying this a lot, but it feels like it's sort of forgotten now. Like, kind when's of, the last time someone brought Cape Fear up to you? Other of, than right. yeah, it kind of is, I guess, in a way. Kind of interesting how like culturally, like there's just a short memory over distance right so 20 30 years it's like kind of you get to skill distilled scorsese down to goodfellas you know raging bull taxi driver casino you know obviously others but if you really look at his filmography i mean the guy was making movies from the 70s up through the 90s every one to two years he's got too many incredible amount of output he's got so many classics scorsese Kings of comedy movies like this get a little lost in the Considering show how many classics he has it's a miracle that we've heard bring out the dead mentioned three times on this <laughs> podcast <laughs> Uh, but uh, you know, like another movie I love by him is After Hours. That's another movie. Yeah, Boxcar Bertha. <laughs> After Hours is such an uplifting film, though. I mean, it's such a feel-good ending. What's the movie? Does Streisand and De Niro? In New York, New York. New York, New York. I never. Not I have nuts. never seen that actually. No. Is it worth seeing? I haven't seen it either. Wow. Streisand's in that. I have. You know. You know what movie? I, I think never, it's Streisand. Somebody I've like that, right? I don't it. think Streisand's in New York, New York. Oh, who is then? Somebody. It's a musical, right? The whole. I thing? never saw King of Comedy. I've never seen it. Oh, wow, you got to you got to rectify great. that. Yeah, yeah. But the, I, I, it's you, one of the best movies about Pauly Shore. Liza Minnelli. Liza Minnelli. Yeah. yeah, that's of course, of course. Easy to confuse those two. Well, I don't know why I thought that, but they, they're both singers, I guess. That's yeah, that's what I right. Of. Yeah. So Brian. Um, molester. Um, so the Irishman was that December? Is that kind of like a like I think so. late, late fall kind of yeah? yeah birth to Netflix. Yeah. Well, they're going to release it in theaters. Right? Yeah. Oh, it's going theatrical. It. Well, they still spent like 180. I think it's like 160 million dollar budget, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so Netflix. Really so off the top of your that. head, as we end this, because we're at a good good length. Name your top three Scorsese films. Hmm. Brad the Dead, number one. <laughs> Oh, you, you go, John. You go first. You that's tough, man. Guess. It's like Sophie's Choice right there. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't drink that. I mean, Goodfellas, right? You can't beat At Goodfellas. Least the kid dies. 
Um, I would say Casino, even though I don't necessarily want to say it, it's one I've probably seen just up there as mm-hmm. many times as Goodfellas, just relentlessly rewatchable. Um, I mean, Cape Fear. I mean, just in terms of pure rewatchability. Um, but I love all his stuff. I mean, I know that's probably a whack list, but it is. Well, he does. Is. He makes some movies that are built for rewatchability and some that aren't. That's right. So it's, you know, that's kind of a loaded question, but I think I think you're close to the mark there as far as my sensibilities go. I would. I, would I mean, swap, I'd like put Wolf of Wall Street. I'd up swap there Casino too, for you know? probably for The Departed. To be oh, honest, you know, it's funny because I it's not that I forgot about. I just wasn't thinking The Departed is definitely up. The there Departed as well. to me is probably seen it seventeen times. I I've mean, seen just, it more than that, and and, and I think it's. There was that backlash when it came out because of the idiots who thought Infernal Affairs. They just wanted to protect that material. Fuck off with that shit. As far Infernal as... Infernal Affairs is a great movie, though. You think about Departed and Wolf of Wall Street is unfiltered, maniacal Scorsese. It's everything that came before That's right. in, in one package, yeah. and he just... I love Departed, but at some points in that movie... Nicholson starts to it's a little bit ruins it. That little dildo thing is weird, and there's like a weird, like kind of like organ vamp there's that they hit on. Weird, it's just a weird little. There's moment. too many yeah. weird Nicholson moments that don't zero that don't really work. There are me. zero weird Nicholson moments no, in that movie. There's not, but I, I still like him in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's just there's a little bit too much. Uh, maybe he felt like they needed to. Can, yeah, hey, do this. Well, movie he was just psychotic. Or, I think is what they were trying to yeah. present. You He's know, unpredictable. Amazing. Know what he would do. Yeah. yeah, but it's. Some of his stuff bothers me, but the rest of it's. So I haven't seen Infernal Affairs. I mean, how closely not is close. it departed? Not close. I mean, the, it's the, close. The, the basic framework, right? The architecture's there, but as far as dialogue and, yeah. and how they work the scenes is way different. Yeah. There's a lot more. Like it's a lot more. Um, I don't. I can't remember it too well, but it, it's a. It's. It, it ends like it's Anthony Anderson's kind of in ending. both films, though. <laughs> it's an odd thing to me, though. Like, why not just enjoy two great things? Why be mad about another great either. thing, right? It's just like so. It's like when a book is not or a movie's not as good as a book. It's like, well, fucking a man. Like now you got a great book and a pretty good I movie. I get protective like, what, stuff, though. Yeah. I, I guess I get it, but I, you know, the I don't know. Infernal Affairs, I think, is a lot of. It's a, it was a cool movie, and mm-hmm. it's a it's a cool movie to like. Mm-hmm. And so then I guess it's cool not. It's to not a cool wonder. name though. It's a really bad it's name. A bad name. I yeah. know that they're you know translating. It's actually a but. series uh, over there. Yeah, I yeah. think that there's more than there's one. Three, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just yeah, I don't. I mean, I've never seen it, but just enjoy both great things. Can you imagine there's probably a person out there that hates the Departed but likes Pride and Prejudice with zombies? That person probably exists. <laughs> there's pe- people. If you really think long and hard about people's tastes, people suck. There's a lot of people bad are, fucking yeah. tastes out there. Should I be would, extinguished. As I would. A whole. I would rank. I you know I can't. I like his movies so much. I would the ones I watch. I've watched a lot. Goodfellas, After Hours. I've watched a lot. I just love it. Um, I, I you guess, say bring out the dead. I'm gonna hit you with a hammer. No, I wouldn't put it in his top three. But I do like that movie. Um. I just can't think of anything else he's done. <laughs> like, he's only Raging done two Bull, movies. Taxi Driver, Kings of Comedy. No, I was kidding. Uh, Raging Bull is, is amazing. Get too. over yourself. New York Stories. I don't... That's not my favorite. Like, that's the thing is, like, I might put... Um, I might put uh, The Parted in there, I guess. I've seen that a ton, too. I've watched that. i probably watched that, like... Fucking times. Mark Wahlberg in that movie is a treasure. Is, that's the thing is we were talking about in Fear is that he in Fear he's such a bad actor he's so bad and then in The Departed they use him he's amazing in it. He got didn't he get nominated for that? Or he did. Or? He, he ought to have been so if he did. But yeah. Martin Sheen's amazing in it. Everybody. Uh, what's the name? The the uh, Irish Vera actor. Formiga. John uh, Matt Damon. Who Damon I, kills it. I I don't love. And sometimes isn't Ray Winstone in it? 
Yes. He's great. He's the fucking best. Fuck it. Fuck da- it. Damon is fantastic. What's that actor we love? That the Irish guy um, who. Yes, he. he uh, I can't remember his name. Like the little gangster fucking uh, hangers Shea, on. Something he's got the funniest film. He's got the funniest moment in the movie when he he get they task him with in, burying the body yeah. of, and he they find it the police find <laughs> it right away and he gets so he's like sitting in the bar he's like I can't believe he's he yeah. this big rant about it. it's the best it's the funniest part of the movie. Well, actually, there's so many funny parts yeah. of the movie. And yeah. then of course uh, the guy from uh, Aliens is great as the undercover cop. Um, he shot uh, what's his name. The, the rapist in right, Shawshank. Yeah, yeah. The guy that plays. You're uh, gonna swallow what I give you to swallow. It's the guy that that plays. Uh, seems like Mark as his partner. Yeah, it seems Dietrich. Like, no. Yeah, he, I think it might be Dietrich in that. But. She 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 screams because he dies in, in Aliens and she screams his name. I have to think of it. Oh, Ris- that's right, that guy. Rusbowski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, is it Rusbowski? I think his name's Mark. His first name, but um, he's great. Uh, I mean, I think Sheen is amazing in this movie, and he gets no love for what he does. He doesn't make it. Baldwin's great in it. He gets, he gets a good death. Baldwin's great in it. Baldwin has that scene where he blows up on that that that, that twerp and is it's and Leo's twerp. fucking amazing. Oh, that's right. In this the movie. fucking guy rec- well, doing the recording. Ver- Leo, yeah, Formiga's great. Leo is great. amazing in this movie, though. Yeah. Uh, James Badge Dale's great in it. I mean, it's just it's stacked. It's, wow, it's it's packed. I mean, yeah. But you carrot know, top. Bring out stuff the dead. Is good. I put it. I put it at a solid number four. Bring out the dead. Mm-hmm. John is gonna he's gonna be on my side I'm gonna watch yeah I'm gonna rewatch it and love it that's my prediction fuck off Hey! 